guys are here say hi guys what's up what's going on how is it going that would be jackhammer the mute and what was jesse's nickname do we have a nickname for jesse oh wait no we changed nicks we changed nicks last week nicks is not the mute that's right it's um nick the dick (laughs) nick the dick (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah at least we're moving forward with the nickname and not backwards (laughs) I don't know, man. The compass guy is kind of it's it's uh, played out. It is a little bit. It is played know. out. So anyway, the guys are all here. We're here. It's uh, it's late on a Friday night. Uh, what Ju- we do? Justin's been drinking, so it'll be a fun show. Yep. <laughs> Only a little. <laughs> <laughs> so what the hell's been going on this week, guys? Anything exciting happened this week? I. Jesse gave us a bit of a hint. Uh, he he just all he said was, "Wait, wait till you hear about today." Yeah, well, it was just you know after you know listening to the show last week, I was I was kind of down. So this week, I just you know I had to take that energy and I had to flip it around. I had to go the other direction. So I am not taking a no fly card this week. I in fact got in fifteen flights today. No fly. See, I'm going to give it to you anyway. No, I don't take it. I'm passing it back. 15 flights, dude. Today. Today? So what had happened, I, I kind of lucked out. A couple professors um, canceled some afternoon classes. So I found myself, you know, sitting on campus at noon with uh, no more classes for the day. So I said, forget this. I'm not doing any more homework today. I'm going to head home. I'm going to go fly. So the weather was actually really, really good. It was it was 50 degrees out at the field oh, today. Can dude. you guys believe that? 50 degrees. That's shorts weather, man. Uh, there was a little, it was like 10 mile an hour wind, not quite pull the shorts out, but it was definitely just a really light jacket and some jeans. Um, no, no transmitter glove, which I am extremely thankful for. But I, I also got to say, I may have learned a new maneuver today, a new move. Oh. Um, I like to call this the three to one. Now what what this is is you go to the I field like with three oh, helis. I can see the yep, go. And you come home with one. <laughs> yeah, dude. So I, I call that the the 3 to 1 and I I did it today. Um now don't don't go. <laughs> I didn't practice it on on the sim. It just came naturally, believe it or not. This one just picked itself right up. No, you didn't <laughs> practice enough on the sim. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, don't don't go getting all excited there. There's nothing actually, you know, huge carnage. Oh. 
The uh, I know, unfortunately, but I was and, getting, you're, you were, dude, you're was... you're blue balls enough. I mean, some some <laughs> they didn't. Basically, the the seven HV made it four flights, and it didn't fly for the rest of the day. It it was down, but it, it wasn't really because of a crash. I actually had a a bolt shear from the boom supports. Um, oh, again, it, it didn't. You know, it didn't crash. I know again, right? So it, it must have been the other one. You know, thousand flights on that bolt. It, it probably sheared the other one. You didn't change out the and other so one. I, you know, you cheap bastard. I, I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> Dude, you cheap <laughs> bastard. <laughs> well, it, it didn't break yet, and I knew how. You know, once I knew the technique, I was like, if that did happen to break, I could get that out. That's not a problem. <laughs> well, it, uh, it broke today, uh. so I didn't. I did not change out the other bolt. So that well, that one did in fact shear. So that that heli was down after four flights, and then the other one that went down was the warp. And what happened with the warp was I was just having a little bit too much fun with autos. Um, <laughs> I got one where I didn't quite. Uh, it actually made it through one pretty ugly botched auto. Um, just kind of straighten the blades back out. You know what the heck? I'll go back up. I'm flying in grass, so it, it can't do too much damage when you're coming in for an auto. But I did manage to fold the blades back into a boom strike because, well, I was coming in pretty hot and didn't quite bleed off all the forward speed. So it kind of just was gliding forward. (laughs) I saw the blades and, you know, it tumbled into the ground and folded the blades back and put a nice big old dent right in the boom. So Mm. um, that one, you know, that took that heli down. So now I'm sitting here with about eight flights in for the day. One heli left uh, this I just planned on this being a quick trip, so I actually didn't even bring the nitro out, didn't bring the multi-rotor out, didn't bring the camera out, just literally grabbed the helis, grabbed the charger, transmitter, batteries, let's go to the field. And so I didn't have the nitro, so I'm sitting here like eight flights in, one heli left, and so it was just the the 6HV for the rest of the day. It It definitely dropped the flight rate per hour down quite a bit. I was only getting into about three or four, Um, so I just hung out at the field and Charged, tinkered, flew um, for the rest of the day until I got in about 15 flights today. Dude, um, that was the most unsatisfying description know, of dude. losing two hell. I mean, here you started out and I thought I was going to be smoking a cigarette <laughs> by the end of this shit. And, well, and, and you botch an auto and break a bolt. You know, I, I have to stay true to that New Year's resolution, Justin. It would be so uncharacteristic to go and drive a heli in. Well, you know, okay, and we did agree well, on well, the New Year's show that botched autos didn't I, count, didn't we? So I was going for it. Right. No, okay. I, I do have a feeling, though, it, you know, it, it got to the point where it finally was, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with the heli again, two, two weekends of no flying. It actually does have a huge effect, even though I've been flying the sim the entire time. You can, you know, you can notice it when you got to fly that heli. you know for real for the first time and so finally by the end of the today with the 6hv i was having a lot of fun out there the wind finally died down at about 4 30 my last three or four flights um, there was absolutely no wind no clouds and you know i guess we'll see how long the new year's resolution lasts but definitely i i want to push it and i want to progress so I guess in the in the future, I'm sure there will be more stories, but not not this time. I did get lucky this time, and so hold on. Still one second for a second. Still unsatisfying. When, when 
Yeah, it is. <laughs> when the bolt broke, or right. I'm, I'm, I'm fishing here, Dan. Give me a second. All right. When, when the bolt broke, mm-hmm. did we at least, like, perform some heroics? Were we inverted and, you know, you could see it in slow motion and you flipped it over and landed it? and Or was, was it just like... As cool of a story that, you know, I could probably make out of this. I'm not going to go there. So the, the real story is that it, I actually just noticed it carrying it back to the bench. Oh, dude, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot. You know, this is Lie this is real me. life, man. This is real life. This is what happened to me. I feel like I'm at this a seventh is, grade dance, man. This is my day. Yeah. This is my day. <laughs> and then Jeez. I looked her in the eyes and asked her if she wanted to dance. Like, <laughs> I wonder if I'm going to get a kid. It's just so, it's so unsatisfying dude come on you cannot start a conversation about a three-in-one and then tell us that it's when you come with three helis and leave with one and then tell us was, that bullshit. was that was that a false statement though i it, went <laughs> to the field with three flying helis it's I the came spirit home with only it's, one it's the spirit of the statement you were it, yeah it is i mean yeah. i i you've you've douched us yeah Man, this is a rough so dan did you get a fly last week why? Why? What? Are you diverting? <laughs> are we? Yeah. Are you diverting? <laughs> we got to get off of this the, topic. I'm the stat. one with flights here. Don't don't pick on me. Don't you know? Don't take me off my cloud here. I, I guess it really flew. doesn't discredit the fact that he did get out and fly. He did. And you know, even though those helis were in, you know, unflyable, I still stuck it out there and got in 15 flights a day. So that's what I'm taking from it. Did so the where bolt you at like now? shear off? So that the, you like you didn't have a bolt to so, replace it with, yeah. So the bolt was completely embedded into the piece that it was threaded into. So yeah, I there was I didn't have any tools to get it out at the field. I could just see that the the bolt was sheared off inside the threads there. Dude, you know you should get on. a trailer. Get, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm working on it. Zip ties and duct tape. I have those tools. You have those. Well, so you know, I guess the the the. The good thing would be that now, right at this current moment, right now when we're recording, all the helis are ready to go again. Yeah, because you didn't really do anything to them. Come on, oh man. Yeah, I flew them. <laughs> now I, I, I kind of want to. I, I want to. I'm going to fish a little bit further here because I know all we right. agreed that botched autos mm. didn't count. Dude, you are beating a dead horse. No, no, no. Oh, let's geez. let's hear it. But hold let's, on, I am hold ready. on. Let's. You know, I I got okay. a reasonable thought process. Did you watch an episode of L.A. Law tonight or something? Are you feeling Just, lawyerish or what's the deal? I, I I am. I'm trying to reinterpret things. I'm reading between the lines uh, because see, most botcha autos don't mm-hmm. result in a boom strike. Okay, let's hear it. What's the question? That. Uh, most that's the question. autos that's a don't statement. result Mine in do. a boom strike. So Mine do. Oh, man. Yeah, I think I think you're stretching the definition here, but it's okay. No, so, I mean, what had, what had <laughs> happened was, you know, you take... So with the warp, you know, okay, I need to have some forward speed. This is a little heli. It's I'm not going to get any hang time out of the thing. So I have to come in moving when I'm getting ready to flare at the bottom to build mm-hmm. up some head speed so I can actually land this thing. So I, you know, I take the heli way up. I'm pulling positive pitch, go up, do a stall turn, don't kill the throttle at the very top, but you know, rotate it around and then start pulling positive a little bit to get that forward speed back up, and then hit throttle hold. So what this leads to is once I get down to where I'm going to start to flare, 
the heli is really, really moving. Definitely faster than I had wanted it to. And I couldn't hold that flare angle long enough without just completely slamming into the ground and bleed off all the forward speed. Mm-hmm. So I kind of compromised. Amateur. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm worried. That's why I'm practicing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to work this. Okay, do I hold that flare angle where I'm building that head speed and potentially just keep flaring and slam right into the ground? Because it's not slowing down very quickly, or do I kind of bail out of the flare a little bit, use what head speed I have, and I but I still have a little bit of forward speed, and I clearly picked the a little bit of fo- forward speed option, and you know when it when it hit the ground, it doesn't have a very wide skids, it doesn't slide, so hit the ground and the thing tumbles. All right, botched it, it auto. was upside down when I walked. It's over a botched there. auto. It was a I'm botched okay auto. With it. Yeah. Um, so two not, things. Yeah. Two things. What's your flight mm-hmm. count at now? Where are you at with your flights? I'm at 95. All right. 95. Second thing. And I'm bored of you, so we're moving on. Is that all right with you? No, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> what else Man. you got? What else you got? You feel the love? I, I, mean, I do. So well, I'm, you, I'm just going to reiterate the fact the uh, the helis are all ready to fly. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> They're... You know, so they're all sitting here ready to go. I did come home, got the bolt out, put a new one in, and uh, I had all the parts for the warp, so not a big deal there. And the weather, tomorrow is going to be the shorts day. Let me tell you guys, it is supposed to be 58 degrees here, 0% chance of rain. And it's going to be a great day at the field. I can tell you that right now. That was a internet kick in the nuts. Yeah, Yeah, there is 0% chance that I'm not getting in 20 flights tomorrow. I could hear the pain in, in Nick's voice. Hundred percent yeah. chance. That's awesome, Here. dude. I'm telling you what. So tomorrow so, you're going to be at uh, what a hundred and fifty flights. Uh, maybe not quite that high. I'd say if if all goes according to plan, I'm definitely bringing all my helis out there tomorrow. I'm not getting caught without the nitro again because you know if I would have had the nitro out there today, it would have been a twenty five flight day. Um. But I would say twenty, you know, twenty five flights tomorrow would be, be pretty happy with that. Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what though, dude, you still got some catching up to do compared to some people because one of yeah. our listeners, Jeff Bond, has already got what has he got? Two hundred. I he got odd? in like what was it in one day? Like seventy or? Hold on, I, I'm going to look for this. Yeah, you got a. It was a an incredible amount of flights in a single day. I'm just going. He's at 218 flights. Screenshotter, it never happened. I don't believe that bullshit. Come on, Jeff. Come on, man. He really? did screenshot it, dude. <laughs> he did. No, I don't want a screenshot of the post. I want to see video of every flight, man. I need proof. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, video of every in flight. that case. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is strict requirements. So, no, just, the, the only, the only just, other thing that had happened this week was. So last week I had mentioned that one of my power supplies went out. Um, so I went ahead and jumped on eBay and grabbed a couple more power supplies. And those ended up showing up this last week. So, it, you know, it goes fairly quickly now that I've gone through the process of converting them and modding them and know my way around the insides of this power supply that you know it, it really doesn't take long to grab one, do the modifications and slap it back in. And before I knew it, I was charging back up again 24 volts full capacity ready to go are you done now 
Wow. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm only giving you shit, Jesse. I'm That's just jealous. I'm jealous. I'm freaking jealous. Yeah, but no, that it's it's definitely, you know, not a whole lot of hilly stuff going on until today and yesterday, but you know, those two days definitely made up for the whole week. It was a good week. That's awesome, dude. Kudos to you, man. That's a lot of flying. Who's next? Who's gonna unload? I want to hear from you, Dan. No, you don't. I do. No, you don't. I am keenly interested in what you've been doing this week. <laughs> You want me to kill it that fast? Yeah, do it, man. <laughs> I've not been up to anything because... No fly. <laughs> no fly. No fly. Can I tell you why? And will you believe me? Probably not, but... You can tell try. us. Um, We got about 32 inches of snow last week. <laughs> And so, so you're standing 32 inches higher than you were the previous week to fly your helis. So, Dan, the, how I see this is I've crashed in snow before. You know, when we went and checked out that Spokane field the first time, that's actually like optimal flying conditions because stuff doesn't break. You guys are such assholes. <laughs> All I'm hearing is 32 excuses, Dan. I know. God, I suck. I'm trying to dude. Look, I am so... <laughs> Far behind. I mean, dude, at this point, fly a paper airplane. I did do that this week. <laughs> I did do that this week. For every 750 yes, paper airplane flights, we'll give you one heli flight. Did you say 750? I did. <laughs> That's a little steep, That's... dude. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't have a motor. Yeah. Maybe okay. 500. All right. We'll so you better start flying, dude, right. or it's going to get it's, worse. Dude, it's worse. bad. Look, here's the deal. I've got. Okay. So I mentioned that all my helis and all my shit's up at Ed's. And it wasn't just until a few days ago, Ed was even able to get out of his house, right? And um, on top of that, it the, the weather changed so drastically. From my, It was minus eight one day, and it was 36 the next day. And it stopped snowing and commenced to rain. And now it's... I need a, a swamp buggy to get around anywhere. It's, I don't know. It just sucks. And I, I'm, it, no, I haven't got any flying in. I've been, I've been, today I worked on helis. I came home from work, got up to Ed's, and I've got all my helis torn apart at Ed's house, rebuilding, except for the goblin. The goblin's still good to fly. But did do some maintenance this week. Does that count for anything? Maintenance on helis? Yes. I rebuilt okay. a I rebuilt a ninety one SR. Very nice. Mm. Oh, there you go. I put in I got the Tariq uh, SRX um motor. Oh dude. Which one did you put it in? Uh, silver or black? Uh well I don't call them silver and black anymore. I call them uh crunched up and pliable <laughs> um, and so how does how does the trek motor fly dude <laughs> you're such a dick oh flawless delivery jesse Look, flawless oh, can i professional can i bitch a little bit about that i would love to tell you sure why or how it flies 
But there's a little problem. I ordered a pipe for this motor, the YS120 or the Hattori pipe for the YS120. Mm-hmm. And uh, we kind of went off a little bit on uh, last week about, you know, ordering one day and getting a shipping notice three or four days later. Uh, I ordered that pipe Wednesday a week and a half ago, and I still haven't got it. What? Yeah. Hmm. Ouch. I didn't get the shipping notice till like Tuesday morning. This maybe Tuesday was, morning. Maybe, maybe it was Monday night. From ordering it the previous Wednesday? Yes. What the oh. hell? I, that that pisses me. It, that's not acceptable in this day and age. No, it's not. No. Um, so anyway. Yeah. So that that's I got that going for me, which which is nice. Um I did get most everything else in. I got the Enya plugs. I told you guys about that. I got the, the fours and the fives. Stockpile. Mm-hmm. Um, so no one will ever be able to buy fours or fives this year because I bought them all. And um, I got some BK servo goodness that showed up. Ooh, oh, there you nice. go. I actually fly those servos in my Goblin. I have been flying them since uh, whenever I, when, I don't remember when I got that Goblin last summer. I think I got it, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Fall, maybe. Uh, so far, so good. I'll be putting those in the 700. And um, yeah, basically, it's all about getting the the rushes ready to fly damn near. I just, I need to just do some last minute things on that. And um, it's tough. I'm noticing uh, one thing I am going to do, I all my shit's at Ed's. That's got to stop. It's got to stop. I got to get everything into my trailer down here. Uh, it just makes it so much easier to, uh, it, I, I've been, Ed, if you're listening, and I know you are, uh, I'm very grateful, and I appreciate the work you've done, but the simple matter of the fact is that whole needing to come home and then go to your place and then come back down, it just uh, makes it tough to get consistency on getting these helis back in the air. It's just, they're taking, it's taking too damn long. Uh, well, at least bring some stuff back, dude, yeah. so you don't feel like I you're need to completely heliless. Yeah, I need to bring one pro I've got there's like there's four projects up at Ed's, including his stuff, that we've just got sitting around on various tables. And so you know, we need to focus. Need to focus and get one of them done. So that's my goal. I will be busy. Uh, unfortunately the weather tomorrow is beautiful. Uh we're Damn near mid fifties and sunny as well, and frankly, the snow's basically gone now. It's just the ground saturated and it's a mucky mess. But I will be working tomorrow, so I will not be getting any heli flights in. As much as that's I, even worse. <laughs> uh, I I might take a goblin with me, and I might be able to sneak one or two flights in. Yeah. Just make it happen. But, dude, I am so far behind all of you guys. Justin, there is a chance. <laughs> there is a chance that uh, yes. you might. You might. Uh, I mean, something drastic has got to happen if I have even a prayer. Uh, it's just. Well, I don't know. We'll see how, how, it, how it works dude. out. We'll see how Justin's it works out. But <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, finish your sentence there, Jesse. Justin's I mean, not what? What's, what's your flight count at? I'm at 50, dude. Oh, okay. For some reason, I had 35 in you, my mind. Justin, you know what pisses me off about this whole flight count thing? What? And it's not necessarily from 
uh, Nick and and Jesse, but listeners as well. They've already kind of just counted you and I out. I mean, oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Absolutely. It's like, it's like it's like I wonder which one of those two is going to get the scrotum trophy. Oh, I got I got a couple of people. One person sent me a Facebook message and said, "So what are you going to do with the scrotum when you get it?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Dude, come on." I love our listeners. <laughs> yes. Dude, it's awesome. But they know I'm, what's I'm up. already yeah, what's out. going on. Oh, hey, one thing I wanted to mention, um uh Courtney, she did those uh citizen stickers. Did you did you guys get yours? I did. Uh they I, I'm close, but not yet. I got mine, and I applied I a bunch. Of, I applied a bunch of them to my uh, radio cases tonight. And nice. they look how'd great. it go? Uh, you know, are I've, they easy to apply? They're not. You know, they're not. They're not hard. I I have never applied, you know, vinyl in that fashion before. Um, you know, it's where you peel off the one lesser sticky side, I guess, and then you line everything up and you mm-hmm. press it down and then you pull it up and it just leaves the the letters there. Yep. You've never put stickers I, on Not like that? that I haven't. No, man. I, I and huh, so wow. the the first one was God. a little iffy. Um but once I realized the process it was super easy. It, well, they're great cuz you can go around corners with them. Yes. You don't get all the creases mm-hmm. at the top of the sticker. That's the one thing I noticed. It, it actually along contours it's fantastic. So I was able to get some of those. They look great, Courtney. Thank you. They they are fantastic. They really do look nice. Uh, she got me all kinds of different sizes. I'm going to put, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to put the Citizen 001 on uh, on the booms of all my helis. Oh, that's a go. good idea, dude. Nice. I haven't thought of that. Yeah. she. I had her make a, a size based on the the size of the Align boom and uh, the Rush boom. Um and we will I'll be putting those on here. That's a ooh. Now, see, that's a really tough call because I'm trying to think of what I would go through more of: booms or canopies. Well, and I should put the stickers <laughs> on the opposite one. <laughs> Here's the deal: she, dude, she sent me a ton of them. I mean, I've, I mean, I'm gonna have, I would have to crash a lot of booms to be done with these stickers. Yeah, I do usually crash a lot of booms. Well, I don't know, <laughs> man. I think uh, you'd probably have to crash about, I don't know, fifty or so booms. Uh, not that many. I, I think I think hmm. you'd be better off going with the canopy, Nick, because you don't usually fly canopies. Yeah, you don't usually fly canopies. I mean, that makes I, sense. those are just for looks. I have been. Have you really? I haven't flown. Uh, I haven't flown naked, and dude, uh, five months. But wow. you haven't had your can. You haven't had your canopy on your heli though, either. <laughs> yeah, haha. Yeah, it's too cold. It's Zoom too cold went right over. Too cold. You guys had to had to be silent there for a minute to figure out what in the hell. I have not. On. I think I've officially switched. Hey Nick, those custom charging cases you've been putting together lately are awesome. But what would I do if I thought that was all a little bit too far over my head? Ah, man, I got you. You're going to want to head over to Progressive RC and check out their charging case combos. These bad boys are ready to go right out of the box. And if you change your mind and end up feeling a little bit adventurous, Progressive also has all the accessories needed to build one yourself. Sweet, man. I'm going to head over to www.progressiverc.com today to check out my options. 
if I get maybe one day if I get a nitro because God, I love flying a nitro without oh. a canopy. I don't know why. Because you don't want to clean the thing. That's just one more thing. I still prefer I no canopy except for if it's the goblin. I think it looks cool, to be honest with you. A nitro without can- or yeah. with without. It looks cool. I oh, can't. Without, I, it's just... I don't. I don't have the confidence to fly it. I need the canopy still. I feel like without a canopy, I fly harder for some reason. I, I have the canopy you, on. I feel like I don't fly as hard. I don't know why. It must just be a mental thing. It is because heli's smaller. Looks like it's especially going. You know, like the seven HV. I don't like flying with the canopy. Plain and simple. I'd rather fly it without the canopy than with. I think it's because that time period I have uh, focused on a lot of my pyro flips. And I really decided that I need to really, really start and get into the fine control of them mm-hmm. that I needed to have the canopy on. Because uh, I, you know, I had, we had talked about I increased my mm-hmm. pyro rate. Right. And now I'm working on, you know, triple, double, triple pyro flips in both left and right rudder. It, I think it was just I needed yeah. that extra reference. I would, so I would now bet you're that you'll find start. you'll go back. You know, once once you get those moves nailed down, um, oh, it, it will yeah. become comfortable. And I think it it depends on the heli. Like I don't. It's it's a pet peeve of mine on an electric heli to f- fly without a canopy and have your battery wires flopping around in mm. the front. God, that drives me nuts. It looks <laughs> so ghetto. And nitro, you don't have that. And nitro, you can actually feel the difference in power. That's another reason why I think I do it, is that you do get just that little bit extra that you can feel. Hmm. So is, is that all you did this week, Nick? I don't know if you noticed, but I was transitioning over to you. That was a pretty seamless <laughs> transition, Dan. And so, it was a very good transition to take some heat off of you. Yeah, and now he's making uh, you sound like you're boring. That wasn't cool. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No, I got... Uh, I got six flights in on Sunday, last Sunday. Yeah. And let me tell you, this is hardcore. Mm-hmm. I sat in my trailer. Yeah, hardcore. Sat in my trailer, right? Yeah. Oxymoron. I can relate. Get I that. can relate to that. Yeah, <laughs> Two yeah. opposite senses. Yep. Except that I actually, I did. I sat there and I went out and flew in the rain. I did not care. It was raining. It was windy. And... It didn't matter. Now, was it really raining, or was it just sort of doing sort of the drizzly, misty crap? Oh, dude, what? Nope. 100% Man. raining. I mean, raining, raining, to the point where I came in, and every flight, I wiped down my heli. Did you ever, you guys notice how Justin always needs a quantitative statement to weather? Is it, was it cold, or was it sufficiently Dude, cold? Dude, I'm, I'm data-driven. I'm an engineer. Well, That's how I roll. <laughs> he's trying to find out where he rates... On oh, well. the sissy no, scale. No, no. <laughs> Before it comes I up. know I rate higher <laughs> on on oh. the weather ro- or capability scale than you do. I'm I'm fishing for a chink in the armor. Yeah, no. I went out and I flew. Um, I did. Let's see. The 14SG. Those who kind of followed up on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> that was rather, rather humorous. I sent my 14SG in. Uh, I had decided, as we heard last week, that I was going to roll with it. And with the addition of some uh, current sensors that I found, it really did fit everything that I needed. Sent it in to get it fixed. Got the got the email that it's on its way back. Life is good. I get home last night. <laughs> uh, UPS sticker on the door. I'm like, sweet. 
baby's here. So I go to call up little number on the UPS deal, and it's the same routine, right? I mean, I do this all the time. We ship, I ship stuff in and out of this house more than any one person should ever do it without having a business. Uh, go to call them up, the automated thing. You just call and say, hold for pickup. Okay, they call you back in like three minutes. And yeah, I'll be down in a minute. Okay, sounds good. The menus are different when I call. And I can't find that option. I'm like, that's weird. So I get to like the operator dude. Oh, well, yeah, you can't do that. Uh, Excuse me? (laughs) He goes, "Uh, because of the option that the shipper has chosen, it has to be signed for and delivered to the shipping address. I'm like, well, I understand that, but I'm not going to be here. I work, right? I have a a job. And so (laughs) I'm two minutes down the road from the, the shipping place. The radio's there right now, you know. I'll just run down there and pick it up. Well, sir, we can't do that. I'm like, I have my driver's license with my address on it. The same one that you that is on the box and my name. The same one that is on the box. And my picture. The same one that matches me. And it's my package. So I'm going to go get it. <laughs> sir, we can't do that. <laughs> so I flipped. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I was furious. <laughs> I mean, this is the most asinine thing I have ever heard of. So I calmed down a little bit. And, I, dude, I swear to God, I swear <laughs> my grandfather's grave, I was, if that radio got shipped back to the Futaba service center without me getting it, I would have sold every Futaba item that I had. Everything. Servos, the whole deal. <laughs> and I would have bought Spectrum. And started an anti-Futaba campaign just for that. I mean, I was that dead serious. But I called up uh, whoever it is, Great Plains Habako, whatever the hell the name of it is. I called him up, and the lady was like, oh, that's weird. I've never heard of that before. I'm like, yeah, well, you did it, so fix it, please. And I never heard anything back. I come home. There's... No sticker on the door. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is really happening to me. Like someone is out there playing a mean joke on me. Well, I decided, I I took some listeners' advice on my Facebook post. They said, you know what? Uh, Chris Lund said something. Just go down there. Just go down there. Generally, the people at the UPS Depot are a little more understanding. And while some guy on the phone would be apt to tell you to F off, most people in person would not. Yeah. And that is exactly it. They had actually called it in. So thank you to the people at Havgo for getting that straightened away. They called it in. Um, even the guy at the UPS place said, yeah, it's really, really rare. My guess is it was just a goof on their part. Because it doesn't really make sense. So I have it in my hands. Can I, can I add something to this? Yeah. So I get a phone call yesterday. And um, it's Nick. And he's he's so pissed off that he has to tell somebody what's happening, right? <laughs> and I was I was like, oh, dude, that really sucks, man. I mean, and I, I was trying, I was kind of gig, oh. I was kind of giggling at him, but trying to be supportive <laughs> oh, at the same time. <laughs> I was like, dude. And then I I think I I think I ended it with, well, hey, man, um, 
let me know how it goes because I'll buy that 14 SG off you when you decide to stop. Dude, he was fishing. There was no real genuine sympathy there. He was fishing for a deal. I, I there was a bit of I mean, I felt I, that's ridiculous. I mean, that was ridiculous because most people work. How how can you do that? And then you know, do, do I was do, I do was we tell do we tell our listeners that. what kind of people you? You, what kind of what? what kind of folks that would be okay with this? Like uh, who's there? Who's Habico's customer? Oh, I told him. I said, "Well, I'm sure this shipping option works great for all the 65 year old plankers that are retired, <laughs> sitting at home waiting for their parts to show up. But for the rest of us that work and fly <laughs> helicopters to support our hobby, this just isn't going to happen." Yeah, I'm with you, dude. That yeah. stuff pisses me off. But I, I mean, I want to be fair. It. Apparently, from what I got from them and what I got from UPS was that it was their goof up, but it is not their norm. It's not their norm. I've never yeah. ran across this before. You know, obviously, you do get packages where they have to be signed for in person, even the ones that you can't sign your name and leave the sticker back on the door. This was one of those, but something got, you know, something got screwed up to where it was a, just a one level above and beyond that that it wasn't supposed to be so hey it that's here um i have got i was going to get the 7003 receivers and dan i have to give you credit hey, dude I come through every now and again i come through here is <laughs> dan dan the science dan comes in right field swinging and sends me this email hey you might want to read this and it's some issues with the 7003 uh s-bus receivers when used in con in conjunction with the s-bus 2 port which is for telemetry and and v-bar and i guess they're not handshaking all that well and there's a pull down resistor you need to put in line blah 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 Long story short, thank you, Dan, because I had fully intended on order the 7003s. Uh, I have decided that just screw it. I mean, at this point, whatever. So um, I put an order in for a couple more 7008s. Not that big of a deal. How much is the I, difference I've, in price? It's like twenty bucks, right? Twenty or thirty bucks. I, I think it's about thirty bucks, but you know, it's not the I, end of the I, world. Yeah, At Justin's least in the getting, same size, right? Yeah, I think so. Justin's getting. I'm sending him, you know, my small, my sixty two hundred threes, the smaller ones. I kept one uh, just in case I do get something smaller, you know, to fly. But I plan on getting these current sensors and seven thousand eights across the board on it. Um, you know, we had talked about the fly barless thing. Want a big shout out? Thank you to Mark Hunter. Uh, he did. He. He grabbed an icon of mine, swapped me for a V-bar. I think if there's anyone else out there, I think I'm down for swapping one more. If someone's got a mini V, that's what I'm really after. I've got a full-size V-bar now. I want to get a mini V on there. I'm trying to broaden my horizons, and, and I would like to go half and half on the fleet. So half icon, half mini V-bar. And uh, just kind of be able to compare Gov and experience and, and a little bit of everything. So I'm in the search for a Mini V. If you're into the icon thing uh, and you want one, then uh, let me know because we can swap. So thanks again, Mark, for that. 
Hey, man, I've got more. Hey, before you what? go on, I need to, uh, as much as I would love, love, love to take credit for that catch, I need to give credit to a listener, uh, Rob Bingham. Thanks, dude, for giving me the heads up so I could give the guys the heads up. I just, uh, it, I, was start, I was starting to feel dirty for taking the credit. Hey. <laughs> well, we have awesome uh, listeners. Absolutely. We That's do. what it comes down to. They look out for us because we only have a certain amount of time in the day. And I just, I can't catch it all. That's for sure. So thank you. Let's see. Okay. Here's a two-parter. In the efforts of broadening my horizons and, and the podcast, there are some aspects of this hobby that we have been slightly biased on. Uh, one of which, obviously, is Futaba, which, unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. Sorry, I'm sticking it out. Uh, another one is we've all been pretty much flying Scorpio Motors. So what I decided to do was to just say, hey, let's. there's more out there. Uh, I've had fantastic luck with Scorpion Motors. The guys at Scorpion are absolutely incredible. Uh, but, you know, hey, uh, Patrick, KDE, he has invested in us. He supports the podcast. So with this new line of motors that he's got, it's like, wow, I have an incredible baseline of what, you know, I think a lot of the industry would consider the best, you know, or maybe not like the, the best, standard. but they are... The standard. They're they're what everything is compared yeah. to. Yep. The Scorpions, mm-hmm. you know. 45, 25, 520 Ultimate. That sort of a thing. So, uh, we're going to kind of mix this in a little bit. I have the 4526 F3C motor on my Blade 700X. I love that motor. It's it's fantastic. What I'm going to do, now that, he, now that uh, KDE has the 700XF, the 535, which is the lighter one. That's the one I have been waiting for for a long time. I didn't care for that super heavy one, but because I just couldn't, I couldn't use the power that it really had to offer. This one still way up on power. I mean, big time, but it's a lot lighter down in a comparable range. So I'm going to do a direct swap on the 700X and A, see if I can tell the difference in efficiency, you know, weight, flight time, power. That sort of a thing. So that, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Combine that with, now, a lot of you guys might have seen a Facebook post uh, that we put up. This was something that was a little, like, we, we had to sit back and kind of talk about. There is a certain person in this hobby that got involved with a company by the name of MD Helicopters. Based at, I, I'm not sure if it's. China or what, way over there, that became the U.S. importer from this, renamed it as Epic. I always liked the looks of this helicopter. I thought that it looked really cool. had a very unique design, had a couple design features that I really liked. It Because of the involvement, it was sketchy. It was sketchy for a lot of people. And unfortunately, it went down very, very sketchy and... You know, that never really sat well with me, not because of necessarily what happened, but, you know, from someone who sat down to put time into helping design something, there are people out there that put a tremendous amount of time and effort into designing that helicopter, into making a, you know, potentially a good helicopter. And as a hobbyist, I hate to see that the actual helicopter take it in the shorts for 
for one person's actions. It's it's like it never got a you know it never got a fair chance. So we had kind of sit back and and sat back and noticed that there is a new U.S. distributor for MD helicopters. They contacted us, knowing kind of how we do our reviews, the straight up, the you know the no BS. You're going to get it how you're going to get it approach, and asked us if we would do a review on it. We talked about it and we said you know. Yeah, absolutely. We would be willing to because we feel that the helicopter never got a fair shot at getting the truth out there behind it. Um, They've got the website up. They've got part support for it. Um, You know, everything's looking really good. So we have one of those on the way. And in turn of that, it's the MD-7-8, which is kind of, it's a, it's a 700, but it also comes with all the parts to build it as an 800. What I'm actually going to do is throw a KDE-455 KV motor in there, the G3, 700XF G3. And I'm going to do the review on this thing as a, basically like a 12S-750. So I think we're going to swing it on 750 millimeter blades. Uh, with a 12S power system in it and uh, hammer it out and be able to see what the motor's got, see what the heli's got. Man, I'm I'm excited. I think it's going to be really cool. Nice, dude. Yeah, I've always been interested in that particular helicopter and and what it had to offer. It looks like a great design. So I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say for sure. Yeah, I'm just... I don't know. I've just got a good feeling. I'm I'm really glad that you, you know. And hey, I mean, if the heli doesn't, if it's not a good heli, then then so be it. That you, you know, know what though? It, that's just as good of of a result, quite frankly, because at least it's the truth, and yeah, it, it's it's the helicopter know. actually, you know, being uh, like being its own demise rather than one person's actions. Yep, um, that's it. And, and there is. We had mentioned that also. There's a lot of trickery going on out there um, by that individual who just won't freaking let go of this whole thing. Um, so, you know, we had put up on Facebook, we'll put in the show notes the actual uh, U.S. distributor uh, for MD and then their Facebook page. We'll make sure and put those in there so you don't get tricked into going to another one, which is has nothing to do with them anymore. And by golly, I think that's the end of my week that leaves uh justin that leaves justin well so unfortunately i've got to take the no fly card no fly no fly oh yeah yeah no fly but it's still a very exciting for me at least no fly week so i i started out by finishing up the goblin speed it is now officially ready to fly it's sitting around on the bench waiting for this stupid weather to break and i'm talking stupid like in the last week i don't think i've ever seen as much rain uh, as i have from living in western washington now for close to seven years it's freaking crazy it did not stop until today now of course today on my working friday instead of my friday off It decided to be nice and partly cloudy and 50. But as I was in the office, I couldn't take advantage of that. Tomorrow, it's supposed to be horribly rainy. 
But Sunday, I think I might get a Jesse day. Because it says it's going to be in the 50s. It says it's not going to rain. So we'll see. I'm going to cross my fingers on that one. But if it works out, the Goblin Speed finally gets maidened on Sunday. But we've been talking about over the last couple of shows this whole battery thing that I've been getting more and more interested in. And so this week I made a couple of purchases, uh, some for battery testing, some for actual flying. Uh, I picked up and, and the nice thing is it was kind of like, even though I didn't fly, I got sort of the heli Christmas deal, you know, where you place a bunch of orders and you start (laughs) getting stuff in. I dude, I will never get tired of that. Oh no, that's awesome. So, First thing, I decided on the connectors that I wanted to try. Before we were talking about PRC6s, you know, do we do individual bullets? Nick and I were going back and forth. So I decided on these these connectors called the RC Pro Plus Supra X 6mm bullets. They are freaking awesome, dude. I got them in today. They are, the the plastic cases are like triangular shaped. And then the bullets have, they, you know, actually the best way to describe them. Have you guys used the Scorpion motor bullets? The newest versions. Yep. Where they slide in and they've got that really strong click. So, you know, it's snapped in. It's a very similar design to that. But the nice thing is that. Unlike a lot of the other bullets, uh, now we talked, the PRC-6s do have casings now, but a lot of people still run individual bullets without casings, and they just use a heat shrink. This is fully enclosed, so you're never going to have to worry about, on both male and female, you're never going to have to worry about knocking those two things together and welding your fingers, or blowing up the battery, or burning down the helicopter, so that's really nice. They don't require shrink wrap because get this, they have a little plastic flange at the back and I'll have to post some photos or something in either in Facebook or in our forums. This flange slides down. You you put the flange onto the wire. Okay. Then you solder the connector on the gold bullet and then you bring the flange back and you snap it into the casing and it sort of. It, it swages down or crunches down on the insulation. And then it has like three one millimeter set screws that screw the flange in there really nice and tight. And so the whole connector goes together mechanically and it is rock solid. They hold well, they're tight, they're not difficult to pull apart because they've got good grip and it's an interesting shape. So I am super excited about these. I'm going to dry run them on the speed. And if I like them enough, I think I may just convert my entire fleet. The problem is they're like 10 bucks a pair. (laughs) Now, I already own stock in the E-Flight connectors at eight bucks a set, but these are just a little bit more. And, you know, I picked them up at a domestic retailer because I wanted to get them here by the weekend. But if they do turn out to be good, Hobby King doesn't sell a clone. They actually sell the same exact brand at a much reduced price. I think it ends up coming out to like six bucks per pair if you buy them in bulk. There's a couple different versions, too, because I was there are 
I was actually looking at the other ones. The circular that ones that are multicolored? Yeah. Yes. Those See, those are the motor bullet versions. And I think you can use them either way, Nick. The difference, though, is the, the motor bullet versions, from what I can tell, they're not fully shrouded. So your male bullet is fully exposed. Like the, the gold-plated bullet connector itself is the conductor is exposed. Hmm. Whereas um, these, they are not. Well, you can still watch me up, walk backwards. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not going to try those. Uh, and I will, yeah. But I we've, we, we spent quite a bit of time on the phone about mm-hmm. this. And I was really looking at, at the XT150s. But you know what kind of, you know what I don't like is I don't like uh, once you snap in the bullet into a lot of these connectors, like that's it. Yes, you can pop them out and reuse them maybe once, but then they're loose and they spin and I just don't like it. And well, and that's, that's a recipe for disaster at high current, dude. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I just you can do like it with EC5s. Don't, don't ask me how I know. Yeah, I know you can reuse them. And if, believe me, if anyone reused anything 38 times, it would be you. But I think he just called I, you I a just, cheap bastard. Jesse, that's yeah, yeah. Jesse, that's okay. Jesse goes and replaces his EC5s one bullet at a time. And if the bullet adjacent to the same connector isn't bad, he'll keep that one soldered. Oh, yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that wasn't a joke. He's like, yeah, so yeah. Point. Where's the punchline? No, I man, there's. I mean, there's some awesome ones like the AS. So let me ask you this: What made you pick those over like the AS one fifties, the new ones that had the anti spark in the end of them? Current capability. So remember, I'm putting it on the Goblin Speed. And even though I've only got a Castle 160, it can handle spikes above that. And once we get past sort of the beginner phase of the review, I may end up putting a larger ESC on it and and looking at running higher currents. So these, these Supras, the Supra Xs, the RC Pro Plus, can handle 200 amps continuous 240 spikes. And all of the other, I love the AS-150s and the XT-150s, but as the name might suggest, they're only capable of supporting 150 amps. Okay. So So this is a solid, uh, a solid six millimeter bullet. And the the other nice part is they have solder windows. So, you know, anyone who's ever tried to solder a 10 or an eight or a six gauge wire into that, into a bullet that that's blind, that doesn't have a window. It's a pain, man. So this way you can get that in there without a problem and you can inspect the solder joint. So Mm, I do like that. Would you have gone with the AS-150 if it wasn't a speed heli? Uh, You know, I don't know. I'm I'm curious about the anti-spark connectors. I've heard good things from the few people that I've talked to that run them. Sparks have never really been all that big of a concern for me personally, though, so I, I feel like it might be more of a novelty than anything. No, but well, the rest the, of the connector is actually pretty similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, uh, I think the connector design is great. Another okay. thing you I'm have not, to consider is when the when you do... So I've had a couple sets of batteries, 
where, you know, right when I get the battery, it's a brand new EC5 connector, solder it on. Now, let's say this battery lasts 250 cycles. You'll notice a lot of wear in little divots in the connector where that spark mm-hmm. happens. That's true. So it, over time, you know, now that's assuming that you get that many cycles out of that battery. But if you do, you will notice quite a bit of wear on the edges of the female bullet. You're yeah. absolutely correct. Yep. So we'll see. I mean, with any luck, I'll be able to try them out this weekend and uh, I will report back. Hopefully it was a good decision. I posted up on Facebook earlier in the week and asked uh, asked some of the people, you know, what do you think, good or bad call? And I had a pretty good mix of both of them. I had a couple of people that said good call, had a couple of people, uh, actually one listener posted photos of his hands after uh, mistakenly connecting the, the two batteries in the wrong way. And it looked pretty bad. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm hoping I don't go there. So not but, not bad on the connector just creates a lot more potential for user error. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. Um, I, I didn't mean to make it sound like he blew things up in his hands with these connectors. Oh, he did it with separate. He was trying to illustrate the point that, hey, separate bullet connectors, it's a matter of when, not if. Oh, yeah, yeah. So gotcha. we'll see. But mm-hmm. so that that was one that was one heli gift that I got. The next heli gift that I got was an order from Progressive RC. I picked up a battery ESR meter. And nice. I picked this up. As nerd part tool. one of yeah, my so nerd jealous. tool kit. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, we'll be talking about this a little bit later on and in future episodes. But basically, the ESR meter allows me to measure the cell resistance of my lipos. And the cell resistance of a lipo gives you a relative indication of its ability to actually sustain uh, high current discharges. So how much can it? can it handle i'll tell you after using it i'm a little appalled uh (laughs) you know i i had i think i mentioned last week that i was starting to feel the pain of the the 770 swinging 813s on my tired 12s packs they're really tired i mean super tired so measuring my 12s 4400s and 5300s I was getting between 30 and 40 milliohms per pack on a six cell lipo, which means if you do the math and, and for those of you guys who've been asking me questions, I'm going to give you the math. I'm working on a tech tip right now, but if you do the math, that puts me at between 15 and 18 C capability. And, and it feels Mm. like it, dude. So I think I got to retire some packs. That brings me Hmm. to the third package that I ordered, but I haven't gotten. And that is a new uh, 12S 5045C stick pack from Pulse. So I figured, you know, at this point, I want to try a bunch of different packs. I got the ESR meter. That's part one, right? Mm -hmm. Part two is a a, uh, battery discharge circuit. I've been working on a design for a high current battery discharge circuit for the last week and a half now. Got all the components spec'd out. 
and I'm going to start ordering those up and building that up. And that'll actually let me discharge the packs at 50, 100, 150 plus amps to see what their true capability is. And so, yeah, I, I figured, what the hell? Let's see what Pulse is all about. Never flown them before. A lot of people say they're good. I've heard some people say they're bad. Who knows? So I got a 12S stick pack coming in the mail. That one will go on the speed for now. And then if it if it's promising, maybe I'll start, you know, cycling those into the other helis. I think it'll be cool. I mean, to be able to compare your readings, I think we were gonna we we're talking about meeting up and like doing it with the ESR meter, seeing what you got, you know, yep. like on your packs, and then using the ESR meter on my packs, because I've got a set of Gen Z's packs, new Gen Z's packs on the way, some 5330Cs, and then um, we might even end up throw some, like, throw some OptiPower packs into the mix yep. or something. Yeah. We got um, the pulse. We'll do the pulse. As many data yep. points as we can. As and many then, as we can get. And then see, like, swap. Okay, well, try, then I'll try your packs with the chargers, because I've got the two, you know, what would be considered the you know top of the line, the more popular, the forty ten and the dual power lab, which can both do uh, IR readings. Mm-hmm. So we'll check them against those and see if we can find some sort of you know correlation between all of them. Can they even really be compared? Are we getting consistent readings? Yep, that sort of a thing. It's it's a kind of a rare situation that I think will be really cool. Yeah, and, and, you know, some of the other stuff, what I intend to do is do even a little bit more deep nerding where I'm going to do IR versus temperature. So we'll take a pack, we'll set it in a temperature-controlled area and let it sit until it gets to equilibrium, measure IR, go to the next temperature, let's plot it up, let's see what we get, you know? That way Mm -hmm. the listeners can start to get a feel for what that sort of thing looks like. And I think you'll find some really interesting stuff and why winter flying can be dangerous on your lipos. And then, you know, I talked about the the discharge circuit. That's going to be a little bit more limited use because, quite frankly, uh, it will end up being a destructive test for probably a majority of the packs that I test. Uh, Just because this is a situation where we're going to put a pack at 100 amps of continuous current for you know minutes on end and it's either going to survive the the amount of time or it's not going to survive that amount of time i bet you i can sum it up (laughs) fire 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 yeah so that you know that one i i gotta take my time on that one so bear with me because obviously we're not talking about you know a nine volt battery that you stick in your tv remote this is serious business it's a huge safety issue but I will do my best to come up with something that allows us to get a little bit better uh, insight on these things. Final note. The most important package I got this week was a package with two brand new RC Heli Nation hats. Oh, yeah. Oh, ah, yes. I got a black one with my citizen number on it, of course, 003 in the house. And a white one for special occasions, also with the citizen number. And I must say that I've been missing out with my old original black one 
because much to my surprise, and, and here we go, I mean, I'm sure all the listeners already knew this, the damn thing has silver thread in the microphone. Yeah, you got one of the original, original. Oh, like, yeah, dude. Very, very first. I think there was only maybe 12 of those. I had one of those. Yeah. These. Oh, I've, so then the, now, okay, so what I'm saying, it's a collector's item. It is a collector's <laughs> item. Maybe I'll <laughs> sign my own hat. You know, I have been fighting, and, and Chris Treby can be the, <laughs> he know, he knows, because it, it took me about three times to get uh, the quality on and consistency on the custom embroidery. For some odd reason, this place can spit out the logos like it's no problem. But mm-hmm. with the where the location of the citizen number is on the hat and being that these are kind of, you know, stretch to fit tight, uh, it's very dependent on the talent of the individual running the machine, which, as we have found... There are different quality of workers at that facility, (laughs) and there are Uh, Monday hats and Wednesday hats and Friday hats. (laughs) Um, But I think we've got it down now to where I feel comfortable actually, you know, to where we can sell them. And I'm going to just have to double check every single one. They're going to get sent back if they do. It'll take a little bit more time, uh, but it's actually pretty reasonable. Do we remember... I don't even remember what the difference was. It it's eight bucks, eight dollars. That's it, eight bucks. Yeah. Um, Go to the store. And, yep. Click on hats, and you'll see a new option for uh, under under shipping. It'll say United States and international, and then it'll say U.S. embroidered and international embroidered. Eight bucks extra. Choose your size. Choose your color. And then type in the way you want your citizen number to show up at the bottom. Yeah, Justin was remind. You know, mine just has like, uh, you know, what am I two? Yeah, number your two citizen, on it. You, and you just put number two. Yeah, Justin wanted zero zero three. So write your number in it, however you would like it. And like he also mentioned, um, I'm very happy with the white hats. Uh, we didn't have to change much, just a little bit. On the lettering, they are clean and slick looking. Like just super. I almost super don't nice want to wear mine, dude. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 really nice. I'm I'm happy with it how it's it's worked out. I know they haven't been going out quite as fast as I had hoped to, um, but they're worth the wait when they get there. And uh, yeah, Dan, you still alive? Uh, I'm just trying to. Stay awake with all the electric talk. Oh, come on, dude. Really? <laughs> Don't be such a party pooper. Just, you're going to be there soon enough, and you're going to want to know I whether am... you spent good money on your batteries. I'll just buy whatever you guys are buying. <laughs> if the day comes that you ever fly, I mean... Oh, here we go. Oh. Uh-oh. Hey, <laughs> it's got hey. to go back to that, doesn't it? Dan, you have to admit, these are valid concerns. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) you will love the electric once you get there. I've flown electric before. Not 700. No, but uh, there's there's outrage. 600. eh, There's 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 different qualities, Dan, and experiences. And 11, 700 electric is the, the power is 
It's addicting, Dan. And I feel like back at the the Outrage 600, you weren't very open-minded. So I wasn't. You're yeah, right. I really didn't give that Helly a very fair chance. But yeah, to my defense, dude, I someone traded me a ready to fly Nitro 700 uh, for a ready to fly electric. Yeah, no, I get, dude. Yeah, enough said there. I mean, I get that. You know, here's the thing. I it's great that you guys are totally nerdgasming over this electric stuff because there's a lot of listeners out there that are interested but i just uh, i feel like i'm in a we're gonna lose you for a little bit I, is I, that what you're saying i feel like i'm in an anthropology 101 lecture like well it's like i can still i can still pass the test i don't have to pay attention during during uh, that hurts my feelings <laughs> during the lecture. hurts my feeling i my get it feeling I get it. You guys, you guys are all excited about it. And I think that's great. I just, man, uh, you know. But, Dan, we what? have, I have some good news for you. Yeah? In the, in the future, near future, we, I promise you, Dan, that we will show some nitro love. I, 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 I yearn for that time. Coming up very, very soon. I, you know what? I'm excited. I can't wait to let everybody know. And, and I got to tell you, man, I the, the whole Nitro thing, I, I'm pumped about it this year. As, as much as you guys are excited about the electric and this all this uh, battery nerdgasm stuff you're doing, that's how excited I am about Nitro this year. I can really only imagine because I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just kind of going on old memories, you know. They're great. They're great, man. Oh, dude, I'm excited about Nitro too. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's wonderful, all y'all. <laughs> yeah, and yes, I did throw in that all y'all. Oh, you yeah. did the y'all. Y- you forgot to add that means everybody. Y'all, Rachel. That means yep, that means everybody. Yeah, you got you got to clarify <laughs> yep. what that means. That means everybody. That's uh, all y'all. That's Latin for everybody. Hey, before we go into the news, I want to do a really quick shout out to a listener that sent me an email. Uh, you guys actually know this guy, Kenny G. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Send me an email. I, I don't. I'm not going to go into detail. It's, um, I just want to say, dude, thank you for the letter, and um, keep fighting the good fight, brother. It was a good email, and I do appreciate you taking the time to write me. So, let's move on to some news. What do you guys think? Since uh, you said listener email, yeah, and I should throw one more. Quick oh, you one got in you there. got one. Yeah, I'll do, I'll do a quick one before we do the news. All right. Uh, I got a listener email. By someone who was completely correct (laughs) and called me out on being completely incorrect. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The bus is pulling out of the out of the garage as we speak and Nick is driving it. Oh, yeah. And he's then going to jump out. He's going to jump out the front door and jump right underneath the wheels. Yep. It is true. I do it in the I actually am starting to get a lot of style to the way that I do it. Getting like a little, you know, double sow cow in before I yeah. slide in under the wheel and everything. Triple backflip with a twist. With a gainer. Yeah. So I had, and, and this is kind of half news, kind of half this, but, um, you know, Real Flight had announced that they were doing this trade up program. And, you know, kind of in a nutshell, it's you could trade in your Phoenix or Aerofly software disc before April 16th and get. 50 bucks off of free merchandise when you purchase Real Flight 7. Um, I shared that on my Facebook wall and was like, sweet, here's your chance. 
it was obviously timed on real flight's part because Phoenix 5.0 was an absolute disaster. There's no uh, like there's no hiding that. They had more revisions in a short I mean, they put a line to shame with the amount of revisions that they had come out in updates. <laughs> it was bad. And he called me out on it, and he's like, so uh, how is that really any different than when Align did that trade-in program for the Scorpion Motors? And I was like, well, Insert foot in mouth. Absolute. You know what? The only reason that it's different is because I'm on the the winning side this time. <laughs> How's that for? Uh, but it's not. It's really not. And you know what? You're you're absolutely correct. I, I don't have. I mean, I can make excuses and I can explain why I feel. I do feel that Real Flight is a is a far superior product. Uh, you know, over. I'm not saying Phoenix is bad. It, it, that whole deal, you know, people argue with the, well, it's got free upgrades. Well, God, I hope so, because it needs it. <laughs> um, you you're know, not saying it's bad. You're just saying it's not good. Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, but, you know, this, this listener was absolutely correct. I, I And I'm going to I'm not going to rebut to it other than you are correct. And I, uh, you called me out on it and you nailed it right on the head and, um, I'm going to stand corrected. And we thank you, listener. Yeah. Whatever your name is. It's good for us to, to be in, to be in check. For for calling Nick out, I meant. (laughs) Well, it's funny because I put that up and it didn't even cross my mind. It didn't even cross. It didn't cross my mind either. In fact, when you brought that to our attention. It was actually the first thing I thought of when I saw it. And that's so that I guess proves that when you are when you are flying or using the product that is on the winning end of that that those promotions, mm-hmm. it just goes to show you how skewed your your view can be. That well, this is awesome. Now everyone can come fly what I fly because it's the best. But when you're on the other end of that, it's insulting. And how could yeah. they? And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm usually pretty in tune to that. I didn't even see that one coming. So yeah, thanks. I'm I, I ain't got shit to say <laughs> for once. Do yeah. that again. Whoever do you happen to know a name? Do you got a name on that? Uh, uh it's somewhere, dude. It's um, amongst the uh, mirage. Yes, yes. Well, whoever you are, we you know appreciate you are. We appreciate that, <laughs> and uh, feel free to call Nick out anytime you see fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me the hell alone, though. <laughs> just saying it like it is that's all well how about now can i go into news now let's do those news. have you ever wanted to upgrade your heli with something that's functional and makes it stand out from the crowd well kdedirect.com can help With a full line of carefully engineered and optimized upgrades for multiple brands like Align, SAB, and Synergy, as well as some of the most precise and powerful electric heli and multi-rotor motors in the industry, they've got everything you need to turn that boring stock machine into a beautiful powerhouse that'll be sure to turn heads in the pits and in the air. 
www.kdedirect.com. Make it yours. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. What do you got for news, Nick? All right, so speaking of the far superior real flight. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm kidding. I kid. I kid. Um, You can now fly the minicopter Diablo. You can find that on the Knife Edge forums where all the cool models are. Uh, I've I've never flown one. I haven't even seen one in person. Dude, that was was really good FM radio announcer voice there. I like that. You like that? I did like that. I've been working on that. Yeah. I've been working on that. You don't know. I got tricks, yo. (laughs) Got mad skills, (laughs) (laughs) Mad skills. For those... Blade 350QX pilots and those into the things that shall not be named. Uh, There's a new firmware out. You've got firmware 2.0 out available for download now. So make sure and get that all upgraded. Uh, Obviously, we talked about the Habako trade-up program, which is horrible and inappropriate. So we'll blow right over that one. Congratulations. Uh... To someone that I have worked with in this hobby, uh, Justin as well, uh, very familiar with him. Not only an excellent pilot, uh, zone zone Justin competitor, yep. Yep. correct? Competed um, in zone last zone year. Zone competitor and just an all around stand up guy. Congratulations to David Nolan. He had uh, he was on Team Minshare Aircraft for many many years, and with the uh, dissolve of that team. Uh, he took some time, uh, sat back, found uh, what is now home, which is Team JR. So congratulations, David. And uh, JR, you guys are listening. Uh, great, great asset to the team. Oh, and Midland Helicopters. It's, Let me not forget it's, that. Uh, it's good that JR finally got somebody in the U.S. flying their, their helis. He's actually Dude, in Ireland. He's in Ireland. Oh, is he in Ireland? <laughs> but um, one of our listeners... Nick yeah, Rollins. Nick Rollins is he a JR, US JR oh, team pilot. Geez. See? What? Yeah. See? That for? doesn't prove anything. <laughs> See? See? There, there's, they are out there. Yeah, they're huh. out there. Hey, they're trying to make a comeback, right? Is that what you call it? Maybe. Well, kind of. You know, when they get that the fours out, they they might. But we'll see. So, speaking of uh, mythical, magical helicopters, you know, we had mentioned that uh, it was possibly in the works that we were going to do uh, an N7 review. To the best of our knowledge, that's still going to happen. I know that Matt and Amy have been just ridiculously busy over at the Flying Bee ran- Ranch. Is that it? Flying, Flying Bee Ranch? Flying Bee Ranch. Yeah. The Flying Bee Ranch, getting everything ready. They're working on the uh, climate-controlled room. They're going to be doing all their R&D, everything there at their facility that they bought. And that is a project that is just, oh, I can't even imagine how much of an undertaking. They've had fellow teammates, pilots, friends coming in to help them get that ready. So we're going to cut them a little bit of slack, I guess. On uh, getting that to us. But speaking of Synergy, I want to take a minute to talk about one of our show sponsors. Rotary Wing RC. Uh, Nice little announcement they got going on. Are now going to be carrying Synergy products 
and KDS model helicopters. Awesome. I mean, how cool is that, Dan? That is incredible, man. Go Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, this kid is on a roll. He's piling in the stuff, adding new brands, new products. So for you KDS pilots and you Synergy pilots, very soon be looking to www.rotarywingrc.com to get your Synergy and your KDS parts. So, you know, Nick, I I do have a bit, it's kind of a news article, a very recent event, but I think I'm going to save it towards the end of the show. Why don't you go ahead and, and give us the news of the week, man? All right, here we go. I am one for humor, as we, I think we could speak for all of us here at the nation, where if it's uh, funny, inappropriate, and the word of the week being crass, then we love it. I mean, why not? Well, <laughs> that mythical, magical helicopter <laughs> that is the, the monstro, someone made a spoof video. I'm even going to go so far as to say it was might have been one of our listeners that did this. Now, we had nothing to do with this. I will say that right now. I wish we did. Yeah, I wish we did because I would kill to take the credit for this. But uh, we did not. Made probably the single funniest spoof videos I have yeah. ever watched in my life about the Avant Mostro. And it's a, it's a spinoff of a... A Hitler movie. Oh, my God. Yeah, it is incredibly witty. Dude, it's priceless. I will give you warning. It is not appropriate for all little ears out there. I guess, well. Well, little eyes. (laughs) Little eyes. (laughs) That's true. Because it is is subtitled. Um, So it's not necessarily all audiences. However, freaking hilarious. Very, Dude, very Dude, my wife laughed her ass off watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she doesn't fly helis. It is. Very well. There was a lot of thought put in. There yeah. really was. I mean, it's not just random text thrown on top of a video. Like, the, the tone of the video matches yeah. what's being said. Very in contextual. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, incredible. It's a and here's the deal. Uh, I watched it once, laughed my ass off, and I found that the more I watched it, the more I picked up on, and just continued yeah. to find it <laughs> incredibly <laughs> funny. I mean, just a fantastic job. Yeah. So I mean, congrats, man, because that made the that right there is the pinnacle of it's winter still. Yeah. A little bit. We're all not fly- out flying yet, mm-hmm. and it's just getting pent up a little bit. And, and Avant, it was sparked because they postponed the release date yet again. <laughs> Which, Dan, I mean, you yeah. have called. Yeah. You called that. Come on. Uh, yeah. It's just what Come they on. do. I, mean, I, I think the only company that has worse time than Compass Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's like, it's a, that's a positive. Oh, yeah, they take that the lead. It's a positive. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. I, it's funny, though. Definitely, if you haven't seen it, you have to go watch it. I'm sure we'll have a link to it in our show notes. Sweet. Yeah. That's all I got. That's it. Anybody else got any news? <laughs> nothing, Jesse? Really? Nothing here, Dan. Really? Again, nothing. Again. We're going to have to read it. I mean, I could reiterate the, the three to one maneuver. No, we could go for it. We could go over that again no. if you really want to. I, I think we're, it's time to renegotiate your contract. 
All this right. time. Yeah, we'll talk after. How about you, Justin? Nope. Oh, did you sure you sure I'm you wanted to, to go, say no dude. to that after? It looks like it's your negotiations up. Your contract's up for negotiation as well. Well, just don't don't drop my pay any lower, man. <laughs> That's the first thing I'm going to do. All You're right. going to have to start paying us. <laughs> you know, it's it's about that way already. <laughs> <laughs> the pleasure of being here. Yeah. All right, guys, this week's news is brought to you by HeliDaily.com, your daily RC helicopter news magazine. You know, guys, one of the best things about being in our position is the ability to give back to our listeners. And lucky for us, Gen's Ace Batteries shares the same ideas. Just for you, they're offering a 10% discount code on all their batteries. That's right, guys. So head over to www.hobbyparts.com enter in the code RCHN10 at checkout to get that 10% discount on your next order alright Dan Yo. I got one little thing before we get into this next uh, next little interview alright I had uh, um, we have received uh, so number one big thank you to Blade Helicopters uh, kind of, uh, this was willingly, yet begrudgingly, maybe a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I got the brushless upgrade for the Nano. Now, I, I should start by saying, in stock form, uh, which I did, I put a ton of flights on this thing in stock form. I really wanted to get the experience, and I did not care for that experience. <laughs> I fly all 700 <laughs> class helicopters. I mean, it's a lot like using sandpaper as toilet paper. You know, it was, and I love blade. And I, I, man, there is a place for these, and it's not in your fleet. And it's, it's not, not in your fleet. <laughs> <laughs> no, they have their. I mean, dude, I flew this thing all over the backyard. I had, I had a lot of fun flying it, but. For me, I wasn't going to progress with it. I, I mean, there was nothing that it, it, that it was going to help me progress on. And I think that's actually what I really didn't care for the most. What they did is they hooked us up with the Nano brushless motor upgrade kit for it. Uh, part number BLH3325. What this includes is the motor, the speed controller... And all of the little uh, the little wiring harness in between to get this thing hooked up, and a little piece of a double sided sticky tape. This is a one hundred percent plug and play. I mean, no, I, I'm almost actually going to call it almost like no tools required. Everything plugs in and unplugs um, out of the box. Again, there's it, it's all very simple. It's all hooked together, all wired up. You don't have to do anything. Pop the canopy off. Um, what you're going to do is you're basically going to unplug the motor lead. And it's got like some little silicone stuff over it off of the board. Um, so you kind of have to, you know, be careful and chip that away with the knife. Unplug the motor. And then you come from the bottom with a screwdriver. And you can just push right on the end of the pinion. You can push the old motor straight up and out. Once you get that out, you kind of have to watch out for the servo wires on the top. You just kind of scoot them out of the way. But you really don't need to unplug them. Slide that out. 
New motor drops down and in, push it down all the way down to the bottom. That'll line up the uh, the main gear alignment to the pinion. You take the double-sided sticky tape and boom, right to the front of the board. The speed controller goes right there. Um, where the old motor would plug in, you would take this little throttle lead and um, you wrap that down around, plug that in. And again, it's, it's kind of pre-bent uh, to face up and direct it up around in the correct direction. Dude, you, you take the old battery lead that you would plug your battery into, and it goes into this jumper harness that's included coming off the speed controller. Clean everything up, you know, as far as wiring, kind of tidy it up how you want. And seriously, that's it. The whole thing takes even not knowing what you're doing um, and, and not having, I mean, I have probably the least amount of micro experience out of anyone. I've never worked on them or done anything. So it, it really is a different skill set. It's a different group of tools. Uh, it's a different patience level. <laughs> it, it, it really is a whole different experience. I mean, I was quite out of my element, I'll be honest. Start to finish, ah, uh, dude, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If that, oh, tops. that's not bad at all. Hmm. No, it really wasn't bad. Plug this thing all in, tidy up, clean up the wiring, you're done, and fly it. Holy criminy, what a difference! I'll be honest, it should have came out of the factory like this. <laughs> it really should have. <laughs> like that's the. This is how it should have came out. Way better, Sig- noticeably more power. And the big thing that whoa, I like whoa, is whoa, 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 whoa. Signoticeably. <laughs> signoticeably. That is an awesome word, dude. It's halfway in between significantly and noticeably. So it's signoticeably. You like that? I do like that. I do. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Today's podcast has brought, been brought to you by the word signoticeably. That's right. <laughs> I'll be submitting that to Webster's in an hour. Trademark, Nick Lynn. <laughs> Trademark. That's, that's right. Trade, <laughs> trademark. <laughs> yeah. Um, probably the big thing, a huge thing that I noticed is the head speed. Definitely. I did not tack it to see the difference. Very, very obvious increase, which on this heli really equates to being able to run kind of like run less pitch, which decreases the like the bobble when you really load it and it was just all around more stable and and that i mean the the power increase was definitely there i mean no question but in the stock form to run a fair amount of pitch to get it to move it bogged really bad and when it bogs it just gets completely unstable i mean the cyclic falls apart the stability falls apart it's bad and that that was what I noticed was probably the biggest addition to this was that I could, you know, drop the pitch back a little bit. And when I did that, um, I didn't get that bog out of it. And the whole, the heli stayed a lot more stable through the maneuvers and even into like the psych, even small stuff, roll, just general flips and rolls. You do not have to do any sort of like hardcore 3D to notice the benefit um, of this. Flight time, that's a tough one because it was, in my opinion, so underpowered before. I felt like I was bogging it 
like all the time, which I know was really hurting, you know, hurting the power system. But once I got the extra power, I flew it a lot harder. <laughs> so I saw a little bit of a reduction in flight time. Although my hunch is that if you, my hunch is that if you, if you st- flew it in the same manner, that it would be similar, possibly a little, little bit less, but probably close to similar. Um, just because you're not going to be just totally bogging down uh, the head speed all the time. Only negative thing, and I, and I am going to call this a negative thing. Uh, in my opinion, this is this is half of the upgrade. The one downfall to this, there there is nothing about this particular upgrade that is bad. The a side effect of it is negative, which that added increase in power that you now have for the head does not get translated to the tail. Mm-hmm. Being that this does have a tail motor uh, that did not get upgraded as well, you can, it, it's noticeably harder on the tail. And you can, you're kind of almost, I want to say, back into that, what I've heard is like the MCPX, you know, tail blowout woes type thing. Yeah. Um, uh, there are ways around it. While this review is not on that, I, you know, lengthening the boom uh, seemed to definitely help. Uh, possibly even doing a unofficial upgrade on the tail to another tail from a possible other helicopter that <laughs> Blade sells. <laughs> How's that for being real <laughs> indescriptive? Um, subtle, subtle, yes. Uh, solved a lot of it. And that, once I did that upgrading to the tail of that other helicopter that Blade sells, it actually became a helicopter that Nick had some fun with. So I know that's not a part of this review, but I do want to be honest. I don't want to just leave it with, yeah, it's fantastic, leaves a lot of power, but then the tail sucks. Uh, There is a solution there for it. If it was me and I was going to tell someone to do this upgrade, uh, I would tell them to do that as a pair. To me, they go together. So you will kind of want to consider that um, as far as, you know, as far as like the kind of the pricing of it goes, unfortunately. Uh, if you're just if you're just rocking like, you know, if you're just uh, rocking around sport flying this thing, working on your general orientations, tail upgrade not needed at all. Fly it, enjoy it. You're not going to be wearing out the motor like you do with the brushless ones. Um, yeah. Overall, I give it a thumbs up. It's for Nick to fly the Nano and enjoy it. It's actually a <laughs> must. I wouldn't consider doing it without it. So if that means anything to those of you. Yeah. Thanks again, uh, Stephen Petrotto, everyone over there at Blade and Horizon Hobby. Thanks a lot for sending that over to us. And I hope some of you guys find this informative and help you make a decision. Yes, sweet dude. So, Dan, you know how I've been taste testing a lot of different helis lately. Well, I think it's about time to try out a new flavor. I'm wondering if you've got any suggestions for me as to what to look at next. Dude, did you not read Nick's review? on the Blade 700X. Man, you've got to head over to Blade Helicopters 
and check out their new Pro Series helis. Oh man, you're right. That 700X looks like it's just the ticket. Well, I'm off to www.bladehelis.com to check out my next flavor. So guys, what better way to top off a show about electric helicopters than to have David from Progressive RC come on? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. Love BSing with him, dude. Dude, what up? <laughs> he, he, he sounds smart. Is he smart? He sounds smart. I think he might know a thing or two about <laughs> yeah, batteries. He knows something about batteries. batteries in his time. <laughs> <laughs> He's destroyed a few batteries this time. He's been on the show before. It's great interview. Uh, we learned. We I think we all learned a lot on this one. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, big time. Uh, as uh, as usual, he debunked a few myths and kind of gave us a little bit of heads up on some of the stuff that uh, uh, that's going on with Progressive RC and some products and stuff you can get there. So we're gonna go ahead and play that interview, Dave. Thanks for hanging out with us, and uh, we sure hope you guys enjoy this interview. Here we are, guys, with David Gray from Progressive RC. Say hi, Dave. It's- How's it going, guys? <laughs> See, I already messed it up. Man. I already you already, you already screwed it up, dude. I don't know. Maybe it's that, what did you say earlier? Was that Northeastern thing? Maybe I'm actually from the Northeast. I don't know. Did Dave. you call me Dave already? I did, man. I says, how's it going, Dave? <laughs> Id? Yeah. Some people can't help it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> you may be one of those guys, Dan. I think, I think I may be. So most of our listeners that have been listening to the show for a while, Remember, you've actually been on before. It was quite some time ago. Yeah, it's been about a year, I think. Yeah. And um, what? Just kind of running back into memory lane. I think one of the one of the most um, uh, the most comments I got about that interview is when you dispelled the saltwater myth. Sure. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. There. <laughs> that's that's probably the biggest old wives tale in batteries. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, before we go get going, uh, guys uh, that are listening, you. Everybody knows David Gray from Progressive RC, a fantastic uh, retailer of all your charging needs. And uh, I just want to say thank you, David, for showing your support for the nation. We really do appreciate you supporting us the way you do. And uh, we look forward to working with you for quite some time. No worries. Happy to be here and to support you guys. You are some of the good folks in the industry, and certainly we have to look out for those people. And I'm happy to be here. We got we got David fooled, man. Did you guys hear that? What he just said? Yeah, <laughs> we are good guys. Yeah. Checks in the mail. <laughs> you said that just the way I wrote it, man. I yeah, like he, that. Re- he read straight from the script, dude. <laughs> all righty, so let's get going here. So, Progressive RC. We all we all buy stuff from Progressive. Um, you know, as and and if you don't and you need some charging stuff, you give us an idea. I mean, you you deal the whole gamut from batteries to chargers to all the little bits and bobs and and for the guys that are looking for it fully ready to go charging cases sure we do we've got a custom department now that does some pretty cool case setups we've we've got some neat things coming out of there but uh, our bread and butter certainly the charging side we do you know charging setups are pretty much uh, the smallest things up to the biggest things and the remote control and also we service some other weird industries uh some electric motorcycle and car industries a little bit. We get into some custom wiring and things for different companies there. Yeah, it's a, it's a fun business. We're always coming up with new products. We get to design most of our own things. Uh, we're all about little niche things. If something new comes out or people have a need, certainly let us know. We're, we're happy to help out. Tell us, how long have you been at it with Progressive RC? You guys have been around for quite some time. 
it's going on seven or eight years now. We started with just one little product, which was a uh, um, remote control transmitter replacement kind of knob uh, stick for their mo- for your transmitters there. And I think we're up over 1,200 products now. 1,200 products. And uh, uh, how many employees you got down there? Is it a big operation or is it? Well, we're pretty tight-knit, small operation. There's about five or six of us here. In fact, I've got a guy on uh, vacation this week in New Zealand making it hard on the rest of us. So just one <laughs> being gone certainly makes it difficult. But we're looking to expand, actually. Certainly, if this might be a good shout-out opportunity to the nation. If you've got some uh, ties around Seattle and interest, we're looking to expand here and need some help. Any Anything in particular hey, you you're go. looking for? Hmm. Oh, we've got all sorts of needs. <laughs> <laughs> but we have some shoes to fill, that's for sure. Okay. So you are, as you mentioned, you're in the Seattle area, pretty active in the local scene. I mean, I don't think I have not been to a fun fly all the way all over the Northwest that I haven't seen yet. Certainly we try to make it to the local area and help our folks out around here. Uh, you know, we do all of our work that we can in the area as well. So I say we have five or six employees, but we do all of our CNC machining and 3D printing and various things within, uh, within our little community here of friends and people that we know. There's one thing I, I have noticed. I've seen you, like, as I mentioned, at a bunch of fun flies. I just don't know, David, I, I don't think I've ever seen you bring a helicopter to a fun fly, man. What's up with that? Oh, you know, my skill level's not at the ability <laughs> to go out there and show off in front of these guys. I, I do some flips and rolls and things, but you're not the first to comment on that. I've got a bigger problem. <laughs> you know, I used to drag them out. Not only two or three years ago I would drag them out, but now I don't even bother anymore because I just get so tied up the whole time I'm there. You yeah, know? get busy. And, you know, fun flies become less fun for me as I have to work so much. It's one of those weird things where a hobby becomes work, and uh, I need to get away from that and start enjoying myself. So we have, you know, days here at work we'll break off and go fly at the local park and things now and try to try to enjoy it a little bit more because it does start to become a grind if you let it. So you do have some helis. Give us an idea. What is David flying? What do you? What, what's your favorite heli? Well, old school. That's the funny thing. I see Raptor thirty. Well, I say old school and that I've got all fly bars. Still. Oh, but, dude. But, yeah. Holy yeah. Wow. Yeah. Come on, man. Fly bar, though, huh? Oh, yeah, like a Protos. You remember these guys, MSH Protos? That's my probably most flown model there. So you've someone has told you this. I'm sure you've heard it countless times. Uh, paddles are for canoes, right? You know that, right? I know it. I know it. I recognized it even then. I was waiting <laughs> for the future, but uh, I was I was a little late. <laughs> At, you no know what it's fly been... barless units at all, David. Yeah, everything's fly barred, and everything is. Um, get this, y'all gonna love this. Everything's still on a uh, FM radio as well. Oh, dude. <laughs> oh, <laughs> dude. Now I know why you're not wow. bringing your shit out. Dude, of you're fly. that guy that goes and puts his number up on the little transmitter board. They would chase me off with this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got the little pin. You got to go with the pin. Yeah, I'm flying my like flag for Channel 12 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you're representing <laughs> gotta keep it going no man now, now i get it now i understand why you don't bring your shit out to a fun fly thank you got nothing to do with your, with your ability you could probably fly the shit out of those flyboard machines yeah. yeah you just don't want anyone to give you any guff it's true man you know that that whole paddle joke it's so uncommon to see flyboard helis anymore that it's been like a year and a half or two years since i've heard that paddle joke you know, yeah, you know, I saw that coming, and I, I was really right at, there at the cusp of going fly barless and everything when I really just ran out of time and, and stuff to experiment. I've flown a few fly barless and played around with it. I just haven't had time to build or have my own here. All right. Uh, it's well, funny, though. I thought Owl Electrics, if that's any uh, consolation. I've never owned any Nitro stuff. Oh, dude. 
we're, we're going to so. have, have a problem in the wrong direction. Yeah, he doesn't sell. He doesn't sell nitro fuel. I don't care, man. I think I think David and I are going to have a problem. No nitro. <laughs> no nitro, man. Oh, jeez. I'm done. <laughs> no, I uh, let's talk about some of the newer stuff that you that uh, Progressive has brought out, and something that really caught Nick's attention. I don't know if he's got any, and and I'm not really an electric guy, so the, the modular units that you're selling, the mar- the modular um, uh, charging oh, adapters, right, yeah. Those are sick. Yeah, give us just, an idea what inspired that, and kind of tell tell our listeners what those will do for them. You know, when I first started charging batteries, and we had just single charger outputs, it became clear we needed to do things in series or parallel. And series was too dangerous as we started playing around with it. So, we were the first to bring out these parallel cable ideas, maybe six, seven years ago, and those have been a, a pretty big, you know, um, innovation. I think that we we brought out to the market. Um, from there, we had parallel boards and, that others came along with, and we've come along with our own kind of as innovation upon that. Uh, the latest round of which is these modular types, which really have two features going for them. They have some uh, polyfusing, which is like a, a cool material that as it gets current flowing through it, if it gets too much, it, it, it becomes amorphous and stops letting current flow. So it resets and forms a fuse there. So if you screw things up, plug things in backwards, it, it prevents you from smoking your batteries or your charger. And then the uh, other aspect is that they're kind of like Legos. They plug together in various ways. So you can stack and match end-to-end to make bigger or different mixed connector parallel board setup. So if That's you just get, the big one. Yeah. yeah. You want different connectors so you don't have to throw the whole thing away or change one bit of it And up. I think that's a big deal because, you know, we've talked about the how a lot of people are, you know, they're, they're using, maybe they're back in the era of the, you know, Deans and they're, and they want to switch, but the thought of like, dude, but if I do that, then I have to buy all new this and all new that and everything. And that's where I see these boards just being badass because you can add a board and, you know, build as you go. Yep. Just stack it on. If you get something else, just plug it in on the end there. So they support two cell all the way up to eight cell and then uh, any sort of connector you can imagine. So as new things come out, we'll come out with those little boards and you can just stack them on there. Yeah, they 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 look pretty slick. I I I, uh, I don't really understand electric, and I fear it. So I I kind of it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like electric. Good. Electric uh. is like religion. It, it it's it should be feared. But that's where this kind of stuff is good for you, Dan, because it keep me from blowing it, it really. Up. Well, it's yeah. it's kind of dummy proof. I mean, it's there. <laughs> I'm serious though, and that's you're not the only person. I mean, there are. A lot of guys that are still intimidated by electric models, and when you get setups like this, it takes out a lot of that. Uh, well, okay, so I can't plug. Well, but should I plug this in? And now I'm, you know, just just plug it in. If it fits on there, plug it in. Right. There's little strips on these things that light up red if you plug something in backwards, or if you take a full in and empty, or do something dumb, it just lights up and says you've done something wrong. So you move it. So <laughs> that you know, is sweet. <laughs> I mean, times where a person had this learning curve where they said, you know, I've, I've smoked my parallel board again. I don't know what's wrong. This thing's broken because it, you know, I used it once and the second time it didn't work. And clearly there, there's some learning curve of, of using some of these products. This kind of takes some of that out of it for us, for sure. Let yeah, me re- that's sweet. Let me relate a little. This this is my, how adept at electric I am. I my, The first time I decided to wire up my own uh, custom power supply, you know, the, as everybody's, a lot of people are doing with the two. 12 sure. I was so unsure of it upon plugging it in that I actually took it out into the middle of the street with a hundred foot extension cord and plugged it in. 
And are I, you serious? So, I am completely so, serious. That's the thing that shocks me the most around here, and I mean literally shocks me, is people will bring in things for me to check out or something. And I don't touch server power supplies like that. I've seen some really crazy stuff uh, out there. And, and uh, you know, that's I'll, I'll bring into a point here. Those are probably the single biggest problems we have with failure of chargers is, is people using server power supplies and one of them goes out in series or something and causes a spike in electricity or or just people having problems. I think that there's a, a real potential for danger in our industry for folks using these in, in ways that they're just not designed for. Yeah, it's a man, it's a tough one. I mean, that is like, it that is, is the, the battle. That is the battle of right now. I agree, it's and I see the incentive, you know, on uh, saving some money, and I'm all for it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I bought 50 of these things the first day I heard about such a thing and, and rewired a lot of them myself and gave them out to friends, but you got to be careful. you got to know what you're doing, and certainly there's opportunity there, but there's also a, a huge risk, and if you don't understand it, don't take it on. I've, I've seen both sides of it. I've had a charger totally. go. I've ridden uh, the be- lightning a few times when people brought them by my shop, so that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the, and the thing is, yeah, the thing is, people, for whatever reason, people get really bullish around electronics when they don't have any background. And I think it's 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 typical in electronics that people, you know, you don't see the voltage, you don't see sure. the current. So how's it going to hurt me? I'm just going to follow the directions and do my thing. And yeah, I, I've I've seen and heard from people uh, similar stories, David. It's yeah, it can be scary for sure. He's on his third uh, power supply failure using server power supplies. He took out his charger a couple times, and he was just trying to find a simpler, safer solution to damage. I mean, that's the sort of thing I get regularly. And it only takes a few times for people to really learn. But I just hope there's not a significant incident within our hobby where someone's injured. That's all. I wanna yeah. I wanna I wanna talk a little bit more about that. I mean, um, can you give me an idea? You, you you keep you say that they're they're taking they're, people that are building these they're having problems yeah so server to... power supplies are not CE or UL or designed even for series operations so they don't have independent grounds on them so people basically modify them to remove or float the ground either by um, shrink wrapping isolating one of the supplies or combinations of different methods there to provide some form of protection. Uh, the problem comes up in a couple of ways either that modification is not done right so whereby if you touch the case you can electrocute yourself or uh, to one of the power supplies fails or gives out, which is common at some point. When that does, it it causes you know half a volt drop. So if it's 24 volts down to 12 volts or something, or oftentimes one of the power supplies still working will try to carry on that load, and there's a a bad uh, reaction within the charger as it does that tango there with the power supplies uh, voltage changing, and it causes a lot of power supplies and chargers to fail that way. Now, have you noticed any efforts? Because uh, this seems to be something that, despite I mean, uh, all away. efforts, it's not going away. I mean, right. I know, I know, I hear you. Yeah, I, I agree, but it's, it's probably not going to go away. Have you seen efforts on the manufacturers of the chargers on their behalf to try and help protect their own chargers from it? Absolutely. Uh, on certainly, Junsi, the iCharger folks are very reactive to that and have been taking measures there. FMA is uh, more conservative. Their chargers, in fact, will shut down and not try to do uh, a tango. And those are the charges we work with the most around here. Uh, I can't really speak for other manufacturers, but certainly those two are aware of um, the things. And really, in the end, uh, the best solution would be uh, a hardware-type fix, which I think is also planned for future generations there to uh, prevent this m- more capacitance on the input side of things to support and shifts in voltage like that. So, so Dave, David, you know, one of the things that I always get asked along these lines is, 
what so what's the difference between these cheapo server power supplies that you can get and sort of jury rig off of eBay and the ones that you guys sell? Because the you know I, the I'm cost really, to entry I, I on those to get up on this soapbox here today because it's not one I like to do. I mean, I, like I said, I've been on the other side and I certainly appreciate the value of it. But uh, in a nutshell, the the beauty of something that we would offer maybe is a single box versus two. So the problem with running two servers, which is often done to get higher voltages, if one of them fails, uh, it's still supporting voltage, but it's a huge voltage spike. Uh, and then it tries to compensate by doubling the current on that, and that causes a bad um, reaction within the charger, as I mentioned there. But uh, the other really is that you don't have to do any modifications for uh, the output that you're looking for. So you don't have to flow to ground or do any ground isolation. On one of the power supplies we'd offer, it's it's all right. taken care of in, inside. Or it's a single unit where if you cross the terminals or lick your fingers and grab both ends, it just shuts off. Are they Are they also more reliable, I'd imagine? You know, I really couldn't honestly speak to that except for that they're new units. So the ones I'm talking about would have like a three-year warranty from manufacturers, whereas, you know, likely these server power supplies are $500 units initially. They're being sold for $50 yeah. now, but they came out of some, you know, five, ten-year period of usage within a server farm where they worked for 24-7, you know, during that period. Right. So it's yeah. hard to see what their reliability yep. is. For, their initial reliability was extremely high or else we wouldn't have been selected for that application or would That's we have true. been able to afford them. Uh, but they've had some sort of service life venom, which is uh, unknown at that point. That's a really good point. I think people completely forget that. That regardless yeah. of where you buy them or what, or if someone's modding them and you're getting them. If, I'll you tell know, you this. If, I mean, as a, as a company, we certainly, as an insured company, we certainly couldn't offer that product. It's both used and modified in a way that's illegal within all U.S. standards of, of commercial sales. Um, and I don't mean to harp on other companies that offer such things, but certainly it doesn't meet any CE, UL, any ratings for electrical safety that have been published in the U.S. Oh, tough one. God, that's a tough that one. That is a tough it one. Is. But it is. For those those guys out there like me that, that are, uh, you know, if it, if it weren't for friends of mine that I felt had a, a good grasp of how to do this, I probably wouldn't be messing around with it, but... You know, if you're out there and you're and you're concerned about it, you know, a few extra hundred dollars is a yeah. small price to pay for a little bit of safety, yeah. a little bit of peace of mind. You know, I mean, yep. Some guys are going to see it that way. Some guys are going to see it the other way. It, it, and then sure. that's that's I the mean, nature I, of a hobby. I didn't mean to get off on the soapbox. <laughs> that's yeah, all right. No, it, you know, no, if but if it's two hundred and fifty dollars for a power factor correction single unit that does over a thousand watts, it's half the size of, of one of these server things. It's you know, safer, more reliable. I think that's a better solution for many in the end. I'm not here to sell those things, but uh, honestly, I have been concerned for years, and I've talked to many about potential safety concerns about that, and it is a legitimate concern, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, you absolutely fair. Absolutely fair. And it's, I mean, in the long run, it gives your charger the best potential to live the longest life as well, because well, everything can, comes up from a service standpoint, that is by far, in a way, statistically, the number one failure point of our chargers. Huh. That's good and that, to know. And that's t they just have to take it, right? I mean... Yeah, you know, people do all sorts of crazy things. With your warranty, we'll generally take care of you. I mean, we've serviced two or three of these where people... We have sponsored pilots that sell these units that we've talked about. I says, yep, they keep killing it. I have a server power supply. I'm on my third one. It's failed every time it fails. It destroys my charger. Huh. 
Man, that's gotta be so. Yeah, I mean, if you're running server power supplies, assuming you can get past the upfront, did I modify it correctly and not kill myself or anyone else? You're pretty much rolling the dice with your actual charger. Quite often, it's true, and in those instances, I'm handing out power supplies like hotcakes, man. Yeah, (laughs) cheaper in the long run. You know, one thing, and I don't know. It's true. Yeah. I can't help but wonder, and certainly at this point it might be speculation, but um, you know, Nick asked you if, if manufacturers are doing things to correct this issue. In the long run, is that does that mean that chargers are more expensive because of the additional research necessary? No, no not really. I don't think so. I mean, we're we're working with pretty small boutique companies that make these products for us. On the end, they have the on the order of you know fifteen employees, not not hundreds or something. These are um, small companies, but. Um, yeah, the problem we have is trying to be acceptable to fluctuations. Think when your car starts up. Your car is going to start up and it's going to jump up to 14 volts or so on the alternator. And then when you turn it off, it's going to drop to 12 volts. And we have to be able to compensate for these voltage drops within the charger without terminating the charge. Um, and, and to do so, you have to increase current. You know, it's a balancing game there. Mm-hmm. FMA's chargers, you know, lean towards the safer side of things where if there's those fluctuations they will shut down as soon as they see that the capacitors will let anything drain off they'll throw a message up that says you know uh, voltage too low voltage too high those sort of things um the eye chargers are more probably um, bullish in their regards to try to handle those fluctuations i mean this can be seen through testing on a bench just taking a voltage uh, variable power supply and cranking it around see which one shuts down as you move the power supply voltage around um, the iCharge will try to compensate, and in doing so, often they'll get into trouble when you have huge fluctuations there. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a balancing game of being able to maintain user demands there as voltage. In some power supplies we use will drop by 5 volts. You'll start at 29 volts, you put a load on, they drop to 24 volts. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we have to handle mm-hmm. that while not um, smoking the unit in extreme situations. It's a tough, I mean, we just abuse the yeah. pissed out of these things i mean yes, I'm, do. I'm going from just letting it sit there and run you know i'll, I'll forget i'll forget to, to unplug my charger my power supply oh, man, out we, in the trailer i always think i'm gonna see the old end all but you know we get one back it's like you know how long has this unit been running guys oh i leave it plugged in all the time it's been on for two years you know where i'm in phoenix arizona it's in my garage it's like 120 out there you know you get- <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and yeah, the thing's completely wrapped in like a vinyl wrap you know where it's covering all the vents on it because it's got like you know like they, it looks like a ripped open car parts or something on the thing on the charger it's wrapped in vinyl if you can imagine that you know after two years it hasn't been breathing it's you know you see some <laughs> It is tough. We put them, I mean, we put them through hell. We drag them out to the field, and then all of a sudden, it's absolutely nothing just sitting there running, and then everything's, you know, wide open. You got the thing yeah. just cranked to the max, absolutely possible, running off of a, you know, a sketchy power supply that's ran by a generator that is, you know, just gasping Howling. for its yeah. last breath. <laughs> and it's, it's a bad chain to be a charger yeah, we, at the end we of We definitely that. expect a lot. Yeah, definitely. It's on the it's on the shit end of that stick. <laughs> Completely agree. I want to talk about your charging cases, and I, I want you to kind of give our listeners an idea. I mean, you offer a lot of different charging cases and very nice charging. And I want to remind our listeners too, and 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 we've also you know just again thank you because as you remember, Dave, you gave us a charging case a while back uh, for a contest that we had, and it was a fantastic. Uh, one of a kind charger case that one of our listeners got. 
And uh, again, if you're gonna get all gushy here. I'm gonna start blushing and have to go. <laughs> my turn here. <laughs> the sales pitch for us or anything, but certainly we like to support the nation, and we 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 did a pretty cool custom case for you guys with some glowing stuff here a couple years back or a year back. Yeah, yeah, it was quite impressive, and I remember the picture that won it was a. It was a photo contest, and the guy who won it actually flew a AP machine into a power line. Oh, yeah, and uh, it looked oh, like a burnt, yeah. dead yeah, rabbit. <laughs> Lost it all. The, I remember that. The, yeah. the carbon blades were like drooped over, like delaminated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk a little bit about your charging cases. Yeah. I mean, yeah. uh, what We've do you got? got range now again, kind of like our, our first product. We've expanded. We started with one case, which was like oh. Uh, you know, a medium size sort of setup, and we've moved down to a couple sizes and up to some really big ones now. So we have five or six sizes now, ranging from our Neutrino up to the big guy, the Nomad, which is like a briefcase or large briefcase size. And we've got some little stands that they attach to and, and mount up on, so you've got them portable and have a place to work on. And uh, yeah, they've become really popular, taken off. It, it, it's kind of a need that, you know, I had or recognized there, just lugging all this gear around. You've got all this mess of stuff that. You know, the everybody's an eyesore, and it's part of the mess of electric. And if you can condense and clean that up a little bit, it makes it more appealing and easier to, to, to work with. I mean, I'm looking at the Nomad XL dual power line 2,000-watt combo. Good hey, you know, God. Got one right now, we're putting two 2,000-watt power supplies in there. We've got, you know, <laughs> RGB lighting with remote control around yeah. the top. We've got black Where do you one. plug that in at? I mean, what's <laughs> yeah. going to run that? Yeah. <laughs> That's a 6,500-watt generator. You know, that's not uncommon. Yeah. You'd be surprised the amount of folks running around with 6,500-watt generators. I don't know what they're doing with these things on the, on the you know, part-time, but they've got some yeah. big... Or even 220-volt. man. Power in a small city. All these things will plug into 220. So if you've got that luxury as well, it works there well. Yeah. <laughs> that is, that's it. You know what? That's a really good point. I thought about we're that. Point out where a lot of people that have these setups uh, will have to look for two outlets in their home. So we'll run two different uh, plugs off of more people have a thing going in their kitchen, one right over in their dining room. <laughs> oh, jeez! I love it, dude. Yeah. You will, that two just tickles circuits. my fancy. Anything yeah. in excess with electricity is awesome. Uh. <laughs> I can't plug them both into this because then it'll blow a breaker. Honey, but I, I can. need to charge my battery. Shut the TV off. Shut the hairdryer <laughs> off. Shut everything off of the house. No microwave. Absolutely. Awesome. <laughs> that is, the advancements just in the last couple of years, you know, chargers in particular, people are just throwing amazing amounts of power. Like, uh, you know, you, you, you could light up old Sparky with some of this stuff. I mean, you, you could... Uh, this is a lot of power that people are pushing into these batteries. It's, it's funny, you know, how we've kind of moved off into, and I started in some areas in, in electric vehicles and, and scooters and stuff, but it certainly has moved into that realm of power for sure. Let's talk chargers for a little bit. Uh, you do you you do iCharger, FMA. Yep, and- those are the two big ones we support. We've worked with iCharger in development since the first day, so they've been out in FMA kind of as well in partnership and development of stuff there, so... All the products we sell, we design, develop, except for some companies we have close relationships with just in designing things. Um, good good time to mention probably iCharger's got a new one coming out here next week, which probably hasn't been announced yet. It's the iCharger 406 Duo, so we'll have a new one. Uh, I think it'll be the most popular for the next couple of years. It's a 40-amp, 6-cell dual output sort of unit there. Um, 
fill in the hole that we started with like the 106B, 206B, 306, 406. So it's kind of the fourth generation of that design. How does that differ from the 4010? It's going to be um, half the size. So that's a big winning point there. Um, mm. You know, save you probably 100 bucks off of retail or somewhere in that neighborhood, maybe 80 bucks or something. Uh, and it hits all the sweet points. You know, people are really looking for six cell chargers most of the time. 40 amp, it'll do that. Um, so really, yeah, it just hits all the sweet spots without uh, some of the excess. We've got a, an iCharger 3010B, for example, 30 amp 10 cell. Our 36 is more popular, 30 amp 6 cell, and that just really kind of hits the, the major points for most people. Nice. So if I was to go to the field and David was out flying and I I was going to take a look and... And you didn't have channel 12 radio flying. <laughs> you could come close enough, right? <laughs> and I didn't have a CB radio that I was trying, right. to, trying to screw with your signal. What what would, what would be in your charging case? Oh, you know, I've, I've got my own, I built a couple of years back. I've got my own uh, case. It's got all the, uh, you know, all my AMA stickers all covered over it and it's all made out of wood inside. So it's all handmade wood stuff, stained and, and done hand. Uh, it's got, uh, oh, it's got a whole suite of eye chargers. So it's got a couple of different sizes in there, but, uh, it's pretty versatile. That's what I've got is different charge leads and things to handle everything from small, you know, think uh, mcpx stuff all the way up to 600 size extremely custom case oh yeah it's got multiple usb outlets and ac strips internally and things where you could plug in other things to it and it's kind of uh it's been what a about leds dude you got yeah, any lights you know, it's got it's got dimmable led bars and stuff oh, <laughs> dimmable oh yeah pimp my charging case yeah it's kind of <laughs> over the top ridiculous it'll blind you like that's freaking awesome does it have its own theme song? <laughs> Does it play we built MP3s? Some, we, built, we built a few with speaker systems and theme songs and, and different oh, lighting programs. And things. <laughs> We've had Arduinos in there that have, you know, custom lighting cycles and different remote programs and oh stuff. Recently, we're looking into hydraulic That's great. some things here. We've got some different linear motors we're looking at using there. That's awesome. <laughs> that seems over the top, man. You know, there's, there's people that want these things and have a need for something a little bit different. And we, we like to keep it interesting. You know, we, we do a lot of cases around here that are pretty mainstream and standard. So when we get requests for people that want to do something different, we like to accommodate those. Well, that's kind of what the hobby's all about too, Dan, right? To a certain yeah, extent, being over the I, top. I suppose it is, you know. And no matter what the sort of the product area is, everyone's good. There's someone out there that's going to find a way to make it over the top. So there you go, sixty-five hundred watt generator with lights and and a boombox attached to it. Man has this weird tendency that if you give them anything, they'll take it as far as they can. Whether it's a stick and a ball, they'll take that as far as they absolutely can. Whatever it is, <laughs> you just have this need to go there. I want a charging case with a kegerator. I can do that for you. Give me a call <laughs> offline, Dan. <laughs> We've already thought about it. We've got the plans drawn up. We're waiting on you. Oh, that would be that would be fun. That would be a lot of fun. I don't know how much flying I'd get in, but uh, it'd sure be a nice charge. I could let everybody else charge on it while I was using the kegerator. That, that would that would be what I'd do. Let's talk about charging misconceptions, because I, you know, these guys, Nick and Justin, Jesse, these guys are all about the electrics, and there's a lot of guys out there like me who kind of just follow their lead and don't really know the ins and outs of what to do based, we, you know, we kind of do what other people tell us to do. And I would imagine 
that you talk to a lot of guys. In fact, I know you do. You, I don't know, Nick and Justin, Jesse, uh, David actually got, could you imagine, he actually got Ed all set up with charging stuff. That must have been a very frustrating <laughs> undertaking. Yeah. Well, impressive. A, daily, a daily deal for me is waking up and talking Chinese and dealing with things over there and then possibly, you know, working with Lockheed Martin on different things to working with, you know, customers on things to, we see so many varieties of skill level and knowledge and range of projects. It's, it's astonishing in a day. Um, but it keeps it challenging and interesting trying to break it down on different levels to different people and kind of bring them up on the curve that is electrical, you know, knowledge there. What do you find is the most common, I guess, rookie or newbie mistake when it comes to charging? Oh, I think uh, flying until uh, you lose power would have to be a, a number one mistake. People get lipos and be used to nickel metal hydride or whatever technology or just not know any better and say, hey, I'm going to fly the airplane or helicopter until I feel lost in power, and that's when I know to bring it down. And, and generally that's Ooh. long. Uh, <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'm guilty as well. I mean, certainly I've always learned by the school of hard knocks, uh, so – I did the same thing as and killed many batteries. I'm probably the number one killer of batteries on this conversation here, but that's part of the job now. <laughs> get to kill, get to kill batteries. Uh, we're going to go over this, you know, it's like, you know, it's been a year or so since you've been on. And, um, we mentioned earlier the, the misconception about saltwater. We don't necessarily need to go into that. Cause I think by now most, most people are aware of that. No way. You don't think so? People are still doing it quite often. Yeah. Daily. Daily. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that one will never die huh? we will not outlive that one tell okay so let's go over that briefly again tell us why that is not the ideal way to do it myth there on on batteries is that uh, you should throw them in a bucket of salt water problem we run into is that oftentimes the terminals will corrode away before the uh, batteries actually lost all of its electrical potential so uh not the best way to do it Connect that thing up to a little resistor or taillight bulb or something of that nature. Let it drain down and then just twist the wire leads together and throw in the trash. That differs significantly <laughs> from what I've been told. Uh, I've been told you're supposed to use an axe. Yeah, that's... Yeah. that's, that's I prefer heard. the redneck methods if you can accommodate them in your area. You know, uh, certainly a 22 <laughs> long rifle is my preferred, you know, low-cost ammunition. But uh, most people can't do that in an urban environment. Uh, my buddy Ed, uh, he he found that uh, the twenty two just wasn't cutting it. He went with a three fifty seven. Son of a wow! That was really cool. yeah. He wasn't impressed with the fireworks that he got with the twenty two. He he needed a little bit bigger. He must be working with more. some larger cells, larger packs there, probably. <laughs> Give me an, I, what started the whole salt water thing. I mean, what is it? Just it just the salt water is supposed to neutralize the Nobody acid? I thought it would work. You know, it's one of those things probably where somebody says, you know, it should work if you put it in there. It'll, it'll move electricity through the electrolyte mixture eventually. Uh, the only problem is there, it's eventually, and it's just too damn slow. I mean, you can go on weeks before you do any good. Um, and then at that point, it does some corrosion in the terminals that eat away back through the foil and can contaminate the whole water mixture and not completely drain the battery. Is there any danger to that discharging that you mentioned hooking it up to the light bulb? I, I can't remember. Someone told me, and again, uh, ignorance. No, uh, no, we've never seen issues with discharging in that manner. The only concern possibly would be if you put too um, low of a resistance thing on too small of a battery, for example. You know, like you've got a tiny little battery and you put a big light bulb on it. Uh, or, or, you know, if you had a really big battery and put a really l low resistance resistor on it, it could dump it too fast. But... 
provided you've got something that's discharging and relatively slow. We're talking like an amp or less, you're in good shape. I've thought about putting out a device a few times over the years called, you know, a battery killer, and I've got various iterations we've shown off. But in the end, all of them either get too hot or, I don't know, there's just not much market for it, frankly. You can put them on any of our chargers. Uh, put it on nickel metal hydride mode, throw it on uh, 0.1 volt minimum at about 0.4 amps or something discharge and let that thing drain down. Once that's done, twist the leads together, cut them all off and just put the positive and negative together and throw in the trash. Any landfill in America that, uh, that we're aware of, I've checked uh, hundreds of them in major municipalities. Every landfill in America accepts it as just normal waste disposal provided that they have been discharged and the leads twisted together in that ma- manner there. That's ins- I didn't know that. Huh. Well, uh, the interesting thing is if you do that exactly like I say, and then you go over and you shoot it with a 22 or stab it with a screwdriver, don't do this because you've got no need, but nothing will happen. There's no sparks. There's no energy. Nothing oozes or blows up. Uh, once you've done that, it's lost all potential. You can grind it, crush it up. Nothing bad happens. Huh. Yeah. Let's emphasize. Hmm. Don't do that because I yeah. know there's a listener out there right now. Like, what? <laughs> did he say I could stab a battery? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm gonna go do this. <laughs> stab it. <and> discharge <laughs> later. What? Yeah. And and they'll forget the part where you have to discharge it first. <laughs> Anything we've said and done here is in the hands of trained professionals and you know safe conduct environments. There you go. Do not try this at home. Do not We've got to have that disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a battery professional, but I play one on TV. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that's pretty cool, man. That th- those misconceptions, God, because I, as I when I started in the hobby, I just remember that was the big one, man. The saltwater. Man, I threw stuff in saltwater. I mean, like the second battery, I went to solder a connector on. I cut the positive and negative at the same time with wire cutters <laughs> right across it. I mean, I learned Ooh. things the hard way. Oh, that late. Jesse's done up. that before. He did that just recently, yeah. in fact. Uh, man, you've got to learn things that way sometimes, but unfortunately it hurts and electrical burns hurt. But I've actually seen the terminals throat <laughs> back inside of the batteries in salt water. I've tried that before and it's failed me. I've seen other people reports of failure, so it's certainly not a misconception. It, it shouldn't be done that way. Uh, you know, there's one thing I think before we get into a little bit of batteries and discussion there, um, we should mention... And Dave, I am going to make you blush on this one. Man, you got all of this because I can't take much more of this in one day. <laughs> no, no. All of our listeners know that, you know, you guys uh, dug me out of a pretty, pretty dumb hole that I got myself in regarding some customer service. And that's probably, uh, I mean, I'll tell you right now, that is the best thing that you sell. I don't remember this. I'll be honest with you, Nick. I, it seems like something happened, but I can't remember. Well, then good, because I don't want to bring it up. <laughs> Too late. Too late. <laughs> Too late. It's up. Yeah. No. Uh, what we have to remember is that all of these products are not made in the, in the U.S. I mean, I'm talking chargers and stuff like that. You know, obviously it's, your yeah, stuff that you do. I mean, we try to make as much as we can in the U.S., but it's difficult. And, and there are a number of products we have that are still various pieces, but you're right, it's difficult. Yeah, and everything, being that it's made far away, really, it, it's all going to fail at some point. Some might fail quicker than others. But when it all comes down to it, your experience is going to be defined by how the customer service is handled. When warranty stuff comes up or just general information can you call? Can you ask questions? Can you do that? And that has been, you know, that's the biggest thing for me. It's it's weird. We get so much exposure to different brands of pretty much everything, you know, doing what we're doing here. And in the end, I'm finding myself after years and years of being in this hobby, I just go to whatever is the 
is going to be the least hassle in the long run and provide the best customer service. So I got to tell you, man, props. You guys have just yep. done. We do take it seriously. We try to do the best job we possibly can. And it sucks if I see when other people's fail. You know, other companies, when I have, you know, people come to us with products from other places and stuff, I always, it's tough. I mean, I, I try to treat others like I'd like to be treated in the end, you know. It's a tough job, uh, but uh, we, we try to do the highest level of customer service we can, and, and hopefully we're fulfilling that. I would say yes. I would say that we know you are based on Nick's experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so you let's got, talk batteries. Oh, perfect. Let's do it, man. That's what I'm interested in. Because I know, I know for a fact, David, that you love this subject. Oh, I do. You know, I mean... It's weird. I've got some bizarre academic, just pure love and interest for batteries. And that's kind of what bred me into a lot of this hobby and business even is just I was testing batteries for various companies, developing battery testers. So I got all all caught up in this. And I actually said I would never sell batteries, but uh, here I am selling some eventually. And so I, I try to keep my um, sales completely out of these conversations and just educate people on it. But um, I love batteries purely on every level. I've got every type of battery known to man from ones bigger than you or I to one smaller than my fingernail, you know, of every type of chemistry in the world. And the ones in this industry seem to be the dirtiest. <laughs> well, no, it's just more of a dirty industry, you know. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a lead-in? I bought some smooth? cell phone replacement batteries from like, I think it was like an Evo 3D when that guy came out like four or five years ago. And I started looking at it. I was like, but this battery's not lasting as long. So I threw it on my discharge devices. I was helping develop with this other company and and uh, and found out they were like a third of the rated capacity. So it's not only our business. You know, you buy different things like replacement cell phone batteries or replacement laptop batteries. And I test mine now. Anytime I buy things like that, I realize what junk they are. And I'll report them and stuff. It's funny because I'm like the police of this stuff. But... Um, <laughs> It's not just our business, though. Our our business is certainly probably the dirtiest as far as marketing goes of it. And I guess what we're what we're talking about is the C ratings. I mean, really, when it comes down to it. Truly right. I mean, I don't think the capacity in our business is the inflated rating. I don't think it's you know the number of cells or the voltage, which is hard to to lie. But they do in some businesses, not in this one. It's purely a C rating sort of gimmick and marketing we do here. Well, uh, what do you think started it? Uh, it was an arms race. It was a need to bump it up every time. So we had like 10, 15, 20C batteries, and people were pretty content down there. It was realistic. Um, we were actually using cell phone batteries in a lot of cases, but uh, as needs started to increase, people started um, putting bigger numbers on there. And in the end, when you released a new battery, you had to put it 10 higher than the last. So as people put a 25C out, their next one had to be 35, and then 45, and then 55, and then 75, and then 100, and who knows where we are now. I don't. I don't keep up. So, so what, what's the limit, man? I mean, are they, are they telling the truth here or are they pulling the wool over our eyes? Well, within lithium polymer batteries, which is what we're dealing with, these are uh, prismatic kind of rectangular or whatever shaped um, soft poly bag type batteries. The limit that I've seen is around 30 to 35C. That is anything higher than that is not factual. Um, any battery we've tested from any manufacturer claiming higher than that won't support more than a cycle or two at those rates. Okay. See, that's interesting because uh, if I were to rewind myself back into my electrician days, uh, wire size is really kind of weird because right. it's physics. There's nothing special about wire size. There's voltage and resistance. And when you start 
doing the math on some of these claimed C ratings, this it, it's physically just not possible. Well, you know, wire you. size used to be standard too, but now you buy twelve gauge wire, and it could be um, it could be anywhere from sixteen gauge all the way to real twelve gauge. Uh, people jack with the insulation amount on the wire, increasing the silicone and reducing the copper. It could be more large conductors versus more small, which affects the area within it versus a solid. Even within wire gauge, I would I often tell people that our 12 gauge is, is more meaty than most people's, you know, 10 gauge. Um, mm -hmm. So people say, hey, 10 gauge wire fits all day. And my connector said, our 10 gauge won't because it's standard. It won't fit in your connectors. You've been getting cheap 10 gauge wire. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so C ratings they got they got into this arms race, you know, and and unfortunately a lot of people just bought into that whole thing, and and now we've been told for four or five years we should jack up all of our ratings and change them. All of our stuff we've graphed and tested, you know, hundreds of cycles to to verify what C ratings we published. The basis initially with C rating was that if you discharged it at that rate, it would provide eighty percent of its capacity. It wouldn't exceed a, a temperature, which was a very sane temperature, like one hundred thirty Fahrenheit. Uh, you could do this for a certain number of cycles, you know, continuing to meet that specification. That's how we determined C rating. Mm -hmm. uh, people started to screw with each one of those things. They said, um, it can go up to 150 instead of 130 for me. That's fine. My batteries can take it, whatever. I'm just fudging the numbers. And they said, okay, 60% capacity is fine instead of 80% in it. Until the end, I can guarantee you today, whether you take, you know, the top three brand selling manufacturers, None of them do any testing of that remote sort whatsoever. Uh, they just publish a number on there that people want to buy and sell, and, and people have no basis for it whatsoever. I've personally flown some packs that were, well, okay, let me let me rewind this first, because this is something that I think uh, a lot of our listeners and the entire hobby would, would really like to know. There seems to be a trend. Uh, a company comes out with a new battery. And they let's say they market that battery at we'll just we'll just call it 40C for argument's sake. Now that battery uh, becomes very popular right off the bat. It's producing good results. Why do they all seem to taper and change over time? Why is that same battery that th with that same capacity and that same C rating that I bought last year from that same company and that same retailer? Why is it now crap this year? You know, this is a good radio program because it puts me on the record for things I'm usually off the record on or, or just talking about <laughs> reality on. I mean, you know, I said I would never sell batteries, but I had a, uh, a relationship with another company in Austin who, who wanted me to test batteries for them. So we tested batteries from, you know, a dozen different manufacturers. I knew the 30 different manufacturers of batteries in, in the world and worked with all of them and so we tested all these batteries for life cycle and various other things. It came out with one manufacturer in the end that we've still supported to this day. Uh, the second piece of finding a good horse to ride, a good manufacturer, is quality control, staying upon it, having the knowledge and the equipment in-house to be able to maintain testing of it. The most common thing you'll see with, you know, I don't want to say Chinese companies, because frankly, right now I'm having the biggest problem with the U.S. company and suppliers here that I have in the U.S. China is pretty standard for me right now, and they're doing really well. I've met quality conditions with them, but once you've got that established, maintaining it's the hardest point. They'll do a bait and switch on you. You know, you'll take a couple of batches and then they'll drop capacity. They'll drop C rating in various ways that could save money on internal construction by affecting those characteristics. So this is a good time to beat up on a company that's not here with us anymore. Ready, Ellie, right? 
They decide mm-hmm. they want to sell batteries, so they they contact a company and say, "Hey, I got twenty five C, I got thirty five C," and the other company says, "I got thirty five C cheaper. Pick the thirty five C; it's cheapest. Sell it for a little while, see if it works out for you. You've got no internal testing, no knowledge, no history, no background, no way to back it all up. And then either they change what they initially sold you as samples, or they just send you, you know, junk from the start that didn't meet the specifications, and you can end up with a, a problem. So you change manufacturers, you change the brand, you change different things about it. Uh, and again, you get a bait and switch. It's a really wild west world of batteries, unless you're knowledgeable to stay up on top of it, pick that right horse, and then maintain quality control over it. Well, well, almost, so, go ahead, dude. Yo, go it. ahead, Nick. Well, it almost seems like what, what's happening is they're doing this, but they're doing it slowly over time. And and then what it creates is it, it puts the the actual company that's got their label on the battery, it puts them in kind of this weird spot. It's like, okay, I mean, they're going to put a bunch of time and a bunch of effort and, and funds and expenses into coming down on this manufacturer to get their, their quality control back up. And what's going to be the incentive really, there? And it's a battle. I mean, you got to pick your battles, and it is a big battle. I mean... You know, I'll take a big one, Thunder Power, and name names. They went through a few different manufacturers. They're G2, G3, G4. That was them changing manufacturers and finding different problems and different things with factories, changing conditions or not not meeting specifications and things. I mean, um, it's tough. It almost seems like what happens then is then it's like, oh, wow, we had a bad run. People are upset. We got to put out, you know, my my 40C pack. Now I got to put out a 50C, and then I'll call up my manufacturer. I'll tell them, dude. This is crap. These are junk. You got to change it. And it, I swear to God, like, I, 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 I don't have any factual testing to back this up, but I swear to God, all you are getting is the same pack that was sold the year before the way that it actually came out when it came out. But we are not smart enough and people think they fly harder than they actually do. It's you're just saying that flying the same good pack that you were the first time, but well, there's, there's you certainly pay that, more for uh, it. You know the panacea effect or whatever you get, where you've got a, a pill and a you know a test there, where people tell you it's going to fly again and flies good. But in the end, you know if you can maintain a couple things, that is capacity and resistance of a battery. Those are the two primary primary characteristics we're going to look for in testing initially. Is you know does it meet um, our requirements for capacity and doesn't meet our requirements for internal resistance. And with those, we know it's going to get good performance, good flight times. The only remaining characteristics, which just about no company tests for, is going to be life cycle. And we put a lot into that is maintaining, you know, keeping packs on a life cycle basis to make sure that we're still getting a quality and thickness of materials internally that support long life cycles. So, I, you know, I, I want to go back to the manufacturer bit here, David. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is the battery industry one in which a sufficiently knowledgeable manufacturer i know you said there are ones out there that don't know anything about it and they just produce it and sell it the ones that know their stuff are they able to or do they have enough control over the process parameters for building these things to be able to get a pack of a given capacity or a given uh, true discharge rating, or is it more like a best effort? Uh, it's the way that it's, it's, it's a balance, probably. I mean, I, I think we're in the exception more than the norm as far as the uh, amount of knowledge and quality control we have in, and it's still a struggle at best. I'll be honest. I mean, you know, we have to do 
a lot of quality control, a lot of checking of batteries, things go bad, you know, and um, it's a tough business to be in. It's not one I, like I said, I chose to be in initially, but it just kind of, it came to be for me uh, actually selling them through this um, different manufacturer we worked with. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, if I, if I had my others, I probably would never got involved with actually selling because they are a, a volatile, you know, changing sort of thing. They're not a hardware sort of thing, which I prefer physical solid state type things. But, um, it's tough. I can't answer that question honestly, uh, straight up. I think I tried my best to dance around it, but I don't know if I got to where you wanted. No, that's okay. And and when you say we we've been doing a lot of testing and we put a lot into quality control, you're saying that when you receive your packs from your yep. chosen manufacturer, right? You, you you still have to do some some checks, some inspections. Absolutely, absolutely. And we have a rejection rate as well, and that's uh it's certainly higher than any probably in the industry, but we have to do that quality control level. And we work with, I think, the best in the industry. I mean, certainly if there was a better manufacturer battery, I get my manufacturer will sell me new samples or send me them, you know, to test, which are a regular thing every few months, you know, which are higher rated. And I haven't found one yet that supports the life cycle or higher rating. So what we've offered for a couple of years now. Uh, so even they are trying to, you know, move things upon us, which probably don't meet the quality or a life cycle things. And I think they're the best. If there was something for another person out there, if I could test anything else better, I'd, I'd certainly move towards it or offer it to our customers. Right. Well, that dude, that, that honestly says a lot. So, you know, if, if you get a pack, if you get a, a pack that you guys sell, chances are very good chances are it's been checked out and well, it's going to meet it. It's yeah, advertised ratings. We've, we've tested against the latest from any other manufacturer. I mean, whether they're offering 60 CNRs, this 30 CRs will outperform it, or else we'd be offering theirs. I've got graphs and everything else to back it up. We, we stand mm -hmm. up and regularly and try to, you know, provide some sort of uh, com competition there. If people uh, are offering um, inflated ratings, I like to call people out on bullshit, and, and certainly I'm willing to test it. We've, we've got a few hundred amps worth, probably 500 amps worth of testing capability here if we need to go there. That's very cool. So there's no there's no standard, right? That that's basically what it boils well, down. That's to. the big thing, right? If somebody says it's sixty C, there's absolutely no meaning for it. We publish ours. We we talk about it. We graph it. If you like to send a graph for any of our batteries, we've got it. We do all the. We publish resistance. So if you say you know, things change over time. Well, our resistance for every battery is tested. Every cell it's published on the page and in graphs on our website. So. You know, if something's changed over time, we're on top of that shit, too, and we're looking to rectify it. If there's anything changed, we'll take care of you guys because we're looking out for it, too. Do you know, I mean, is this, is this, um, is this just an issue in this industry? I, I mean, uh, you know, we're getting into uh, big electric cars, uh, this type no, of stuff. No, really not. I mean, like I said, I was testing for other companies. There were scooter companies, car companies. I've got some Tesla cells from those guys tested here. They were working with Panasonic, the largest supplier, and they have to grade every cell they get and sort of in rejection rates. Um, you know, the biggest news here in the past month is Tesla's building the biggest battery factory in the world. In a few years, it will build more batteries than all the battery factories in the world put together. Um, and the reason is because they were sick of the quality control problems they were having with their suppliers, and they're the biggest, best suppliers in the world for what they do. I often joke and say things like, you know, if you, you try to design a, whatever it is in China, a, a drinking straw, they will design the drinking straw until it doesn't work as a drinking straw anymore because it's too fragile and flimsy or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. uh, the same thing happens on a battery. We'll try to cut corners in every way you know, and continue to it each time chance you get. And so that's the problem of quality control and stuff that you get into. 
you know, David, I want to I want to talk a little bit about what can the standard, the typical Joe Blow user do to check their batteries out. Uh, you oh, know, this has been a topic question. that's been yeah. me too. A, I mean, a, of yeah, a yeah, lot yeah, of yeah. interest. Years ago, and I throw it on my charger and drain it down to three volts and try to kill the thing to see how much capacity it has to see if I'm ripped mm-hmm. off. Not I might have taken away 20% of its capacity in, in, in testing it. So much of the testing that we do here is destructive. Uh, and then you, you got to realize that once you do it, the battery is not going to be useful for any purpose anymore. We have to dispose of them. Um, what, what's reasonable for a user? Not, not capacity testing, it turns out. You don't want to cycle a battery. Anytime you do that, you're taking away life from the battery. Um, you know, there's some initial forming charge you want to do sometimes to help settle a battery in, and we can talk about it if you'd like, but that's really just taking it easy. I wouldn't recommend going on your charger and usually just putting it through a few light use cycles initially on your model or whatever you're using it in. Um, okay, uh, and but, actually, you know, that's a good topic. I do want to get back to that, but before sure. before we move on from that, uh, you know, I actually recently picked something up from you that everyone will know as an ESR meter. Right. And I did that because that's, that is probably a more common tool next step up from using the internal charger capabilities right. that will tell you uh, cell IR, cell resistance, to give you a little bit more precise of a reading. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? What does it do? What does that information mean to us? That sort of thing. ESR is a funny word, but a term, but it's equivalent series resistance. Forget all that. It's just resistance to the battery. Imagine that uh, if you tried to pull energy out of that battery, it won't let it all go quick. It's going to heat up in the process like a resistor. And so it gives you that resistance value of how much it may heat up as you try to pull energy out. And that's a, really what C ratings are trying to get at there is how much can you pull out safely without heating up the battery too much. Um, it's what we use, you know, at the factory or something in grading the cells. It's done a little differently there. It has some complicated AC circuit that's pulsed through it and it checks it a different way. And it gives a different value, frankly, and maybe a, a whole different number. Um, so, uh, ESR or, or series resistance values are not comparable maybe between different devices that measure them, say, you know, a $10,000 laboratory machine that uses AC circuit pulses or uh, the ESR meter you're mentioning, which is designed by a gentleman named Wayne Giles in the UK, or the chargers one. Uh, they have different different loads, different ways of measuring it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it provides a really good indication of the ability of a battery to, to perform in your load. Uh, so a guy may say, hey, if this resistance isn't under 10, I know that this thing is not going to give me the oomph I need in my helicopter. Where another guy says, all I need is 15 in my foamy airplane. So you start right. to develop an idea pretty quickly of what resistance or what value you need to be able to give you the power you need in your application. Right. And so what, what you're basically saying is the the measured value is extremely sensitive to the method used to make the measurement. As well as, from what I understand, the measurement environment, the conditions. Totally, the yeah. Temperature. The next two things are probably, yeah, chem- temperature and capacity. So if you had a 2,000 milliampere hour battery and a 4,000, the 4,000 would have half the resistance. You kind of know that you can pull twice as much power out of a bigger battery or something, but mm-hmm. it should also have half the resistance if it's an equally good battery. And then also a temperature can have a big swing on things, which... You know, we're seeing more and more. I've had a few calls today even about the RC car community. These guys are on the extreme edge of things often. And uh, they um, 
they cycle a battery before they use it. Not recommended, <laughs> but they do it to bring the resistance down to get the battery warmed internally. They're not allowed to externally heat a battery within their competitions, but they've learned that by cycling the battery or something, they can warm the thing up a little bit. Much better done by putting it in your pocket or on the dash of your car if you could probably. But sure, in the end, it, it changes the temperature by 10 degrees, which can have a dramatic effect on resistance as well. Can you talk us through break-in? I think there's a lot of mystery surrounding that too. Do we break it in? Do we not? Man, How a do lot we of do it? Amongst experts, I mean, people people talk about some special chemicals and things that needs to break in and all this stuff, and even experts disagree on what's really taking place during some initial forming charge periods. But the best thought is that people like to think that all these little electrons have to find their happy home, and they've got to get embedded in this matrix, and they have to move back and forth a couple times to find their happy homes. But uh, without getting too green peaceful field theory out there, I, I just got to say that it does do some benefit. It can reduce the internal resistance over a few cycles there initially. Uh, if you take it easy on the battery and do a few gentle charge discharge cycles, I say gentle, like, you know, one to 10 C somewhere in that range. Um, anything much beyond that can kind of, uh, damage the IR during those first few cycles. Okay. So breaking it in, in the heli by throwing it around a little bit is probably not advisable. A little bit's fine. Yeah, man. The idea is just not to really abuse the thing and to, <laughs> and, and to really beat it up right off the bat that you can have some benefits to the, the battery, both immediately and long-term. If you take a gentle in the first few cycles. Yeah, I got to tell you, that is harder to do than it sounds. You know, because here's, once here's, you I'm get that baby in there, man, you just want to beat it up. <laughs> You've got a new battery you know? and you have like 2 milliohms per cell resistance, we'll say. You may slowly do some cycles and bring that thing down to something like 1.8 milliohms. Mm -hmm. And it may stay at something like 1.8 over the next 50 cycles then. It's not going to go down any further. And then it'll start to creep sure. up back to 2 and then back up to 2, 2, 2, 4, stuff like that, right? Over the next right. 150 cycles. Now, if you didn't do the break-in, it may start at 2 milliohms. It'll creep up to 2.2 during those first few as you abuse it and not break it in. And then it'll slowly start to creep. So you can see it has a longer, lower resistance life if you do some initial weaker forming. It's not dramatic. Uh, it's significant, but it's not, it's not night and day. Right. We're talking something to the tune of 10, maybe 20%, depending on 10, the path. 10% is probably the range we're talking, right? Okay. Hmm. Do you Very do that, good Nick? to know. Do uh, I do that either? No, generally not. I mean, when I think of breaking, I mean, I'm not going to just go abuse it on my helicopter the first few flights. <laughs> I'm somewhat gentle. I mean, and this isn't rocket science. This is people still trying to figure out what's happening inside of a black box still, essentially, too. Yeah. yeah, that's what I do. Yep. The The main thing I do is I take it easy, but I I 100% make sure I do not over-discharge the battery. Like, yeah, just I go down to like 3.9, 3.87 a cell on those first five cycles. That's that's just as big, if not more important as, yeah, don't take it too low. Stop at 60 to 70%. Don't, don't take it yep. all to 90 or something stupid there in the first few runs. What about the charge rate? So now you've, you know, you've flown the battery, you only took out 60 to 70%, but now you throw it back on your charger, you know, let's say the pack's rated to charge up to 5C. Do you go ahead and charge it at that 5C in those first couple cycles, or do you take it a little bit easier as well? 
the jury's out on that. Uh, you know, I've got some some very educated folks that still say, hey, I only want to do one to three C. And sometimes I'm feeling superstitious, and I will as well. But uh, I've seen no evidence, and nothing we perform can conducively say that there's any benefit to doing it at lower charge rates for low-resistance modern batteries. That is, hitting it at 5C during those first cycles, we haven't seen to have any neg- negative effect. Um but out of superstition, it can never do harm to do things slower. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, so so I'm even guilty of that from time to time, even without any data to support it. So it's tough to get away from that. Okay. But like I said, you know, I've seen no data support it. Uh, and so I, I commonly advise it. I do it on some packs, uh, you know, and I haven't seen any negligible, you know, effects. Uh, I can't tell the difference between one done at 1C and one done at 5C for those charge cycles. So that that brings me to my next question, David over discharging man the mm-hmm. the dreaded lvc uh yeah. alarm that goes off for you on your esc what does that what's that do for us i mean can i do i completely destroy my pack with one over discharge does it take a couple what what's yeah, the situation it's tough you know i get those calls a lot too or referred over to me where this one today was you know i've got them in there like one and a half cell and two and a half volt one and a half volts and two and a half volts per cell on a few of these you know it's tough to say because we do a lot of like i said abusive destructive testing here we got to take things down pretty low to get ultimate capacities and things so I, in doing so we start to realize the limits of technology a lot too um so I'll take this gentleman's example. He says, okay, they're like a two volts per cell. I said, well, you can likely bring them back. There's methods you could put under nickel metal hydride, get the voltage up, and then change it over to lithium, you know, being careful to monitor stuff. There's a there's a 10% chance of fire. Um, there's a 20% chance you'll get back uh, 80% usable capacity on that battery, probably based on my experience, you know, and things. So it all becomes a balancing act between risk of trying to rejuvenate the battery um, potential reward of, of how much life is going to be in that battery if you do bring it back, you know, and all that sort of stuff. And, and then time involved, frankly, and a lot of these things, if you have to go and charge each individual cell individually and not through, you know, a standard charge process, it could be time consuming. So mm-hmm. if it goes much below three volts per cell, it's damaged. It's damaged significantly uh, for sure. Um, it's not like just smoking like, you know, a few cigarettes or something. It's like a pack a day for like 10 years. <laughs> Okay. You know, so much of this is like smoking and cancer is one of the only analogy I've ever been able to come up with. You know, like somebody says, Hey, I took it down to three volts per cell. Is this thing permanently fucked? And I, you know, I don't know. I can't say. I can only say it's like cancer and you smoke some in your life and the pack's got some damage from it. I don't know how much. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> you'll just have to wait and find out. 90 and you can never get cancer. You know, you can beat this pack up. And some of them are going to die the first time you do it, you know. Shit. Uh. <laughs> now, uh, it, it seems like a lot of the chargers out there, the charger companies are starting to get smart about this. And I think I've heard of a few of the newer chargers actually having what they refer to as a recovery mode oh, for over-discharged packs, years. right? Yeah, low-voltage recovery has been... Uh, every charger we've ever offered, I think, has had that from day one. And does that actually help? Uh, it, it will potentially bring a battery back when it's been damaged. Uh, does it help a damaged battery? No. Okay. What about... Uh, I'm absolutely guilty of this. Leaving a battery charged fully for an extended period of time 
Yeah, you you you've been sitting around in a smoky house too. You know, it's that same shit. <laughs> I, I can't touch it, but I do have a lot of testing on that, and we do have some graphs and things we've produced and, and distributed at times there on our website. Uh, so the effects of storing batteries: the higher the voltage, the higher the temperature, uh, the more you'll see a reduction in capacity and an increase in resistance. Um, if it's going to be more than a couple days, certainly we'd recommend taking those down to storage voltage. If it's going to be more than a couple weeks, probably taking them down to a cooler temperature. Um, what are the effects? You know, you can see 20, 30% loss over a year's time if you keep them um, at full voltage versus keeping them at storage. And the, the cooler temperatures, <laughs> like for a long time, like if over winter, like, um, so, you know, some guys are saying they put them in a refrigerator. Yeah, right down to freezing even, you know, definitely um, refrigerating is common, um, freezing is less, but probably recommended if it's going to be over a winter cycle or something like that, if you've got three or four months, stick them in a Ziploc freezer bag, toss them in there uh, at storage voltage, uh, don't tell your wife, because man, they don't like that stuff. Uh, <laughs> you can have those in like a, you know, a beer mug or something somewhere, and, and then when you get ready to use them, take them out, let them, you know... Uh, settle down to ambient temperature before you open the Ziploc bag. So I think that can be a problem with condensation on the terminals and packs. So let them chill out, you know, to room temperature before you open the bag back up. Oh. So good tip. freezing is okay? Totally, yep. Recommended even. You can you can just damn near preserve those things perfectly. I'd say 99.9% .9 a year later if you bring them to, uh, you know, uh, freezing temperatures and, and down to storage voltage. So when my batteries were out in my trailer, when it was 25 below zero out here, I didn't do any damage to them? Not at all. That's recommended. We keep our stuff cool here as well. Uh, I know some pros that actually have their own freezers uh, for their batteries. Little little freezers, you know, like in their little workshops, that's where they keep their batteries. Huh. I was actually <laughs> concerned that I hurt my batteries this winter because of that, but that, that's great. Not at all. The opposite is true of sort, certainly if you have high temperatures, you, know, you can do some pretty quick bad damage. I mean, you're talking just leave them out in the 120 degree heat for a few days, fully charged, they'll all be puffed up and damaged. <laughs> that is some, those are some good tips, Dave. We do appreciate that. And uh, again, man. Hey, it comes from screwing a lot of stuff up. That's how we all learn. Well, <laughs> others are learning from my mistakes. I've been the hard My style. <laughs> I, uh, a good friend of ours, Pinion, says, I'll let the pioneers take the arrows. <laughs> all right <laughs> so i'm not a big fan of uh messing around with that stuff. i've ridden the lightning <laughs> dave i actually have a quick question looking looking forward to the future in batteries what do you think's really holding us back right now so i know we hit a lot on the uh, quality control thing but what about the actual chemistry behind the batteries what do you think's going to make these batteries you know to the Nothing. take them to the you next know, level is it question. even like even my family and friends or just, you know, airplane talk that I often have or something, you know, people are like, you know, hey, well, it's all about batteries. What's going to, we've moved to the most extreme end of the spectrum. So we're working with lithium. We used to do with lead. Mm -hmm. We moved like the most cracking things we can on the atomic scale to try to get more power. Now we're playing with like thickness of the foil and thickness of the electrolyte layers to get more capacity or more C rating to play with the balance of how deep that matrix is, how much capacity you have in it versus how thick the, the films are that support the current transfer because that has the balance of C rating versus capacity. I can make a 100 C rated battery that have really low capacity and be really heavy. Or I can make a uh, really high capacity but low C rated battery because it's a really deep matrix that sucks you know energy out of it for a long mm -hmm. time. You know, talk... A little bit you know an imagery here of how that works 
uh, but we're still dealing with the same physics, the same chemistry and things, and there's no further development along that line that anybody sees. Um, you know, we we play with some other batteries, lithium iron stuff uh, that, that's 60C rated, it's real 60C rated. I do have some 60C rated batteries around here. Uh, you wouldn't want to fly them because they're so heavy and they're so damn expensive. Um, but that's the other end of things, you know, is you can go to a really dense, really uh, heavy, really uh, expensive matrix, but it's probably not serviceable for our stuff. It's still lithium chemistry in the end. Uh, so there's not a whole lot of opportunity there. What are we going to be doing in the future? I don't know, little nuclear power plants and little hydrogen <laughs> cells, all these things, man. You tell nice. me shit. I read the news just like you guys do, and I don't know what it is yet either. If I do, I'm, I'm not going to tell you guys. I'll buy stock in it or something. Well, <laughs> you, you can tell us and let us buy some stock with you. <laughs> yeah, inside secret. There you go. Yeah. Well, Dave, we do appreciate you coming by and hanging out with us, man. It's uh, It's been a lot of fun, very entertaining and enlightening at the same time. We do appreciate that. No yeah, worries, thanks, happy to have you guys. We always are. Certainly, if you got questions, let me know here. I'm I'm happy to support you and other folks in the hobby. That sounds great, man. We're gonna let you go. I know you're a busy man. So yep. again, thanks for stopping by. Rock on, nation! Y'all have a good night. All right, guys. Cheers, dude. BK Servos offer a value not yet seen in the industry. For less than hundred dollars, you get a super fast servo with plenty of torque. Lightweight, compact, and unique CNC design with excellent centering. There is just nothing on the market like this today. So if you want to experience great value and industry-leading support, head over to www.bkservo.com and check them out. Can we say? Love it. Learned a lot. You know my favorite thing? Huh? He's like one of us. He's for real. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's it's refreshing, isn't it? Because he's not, I mean, yeah. you can just tell that he's just kind of, he's being himself and uh, having a good time enjoying the hobby and uh, doing his thing, man. I mean, just, it's nice to just hear someone plain talk it. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. So again, Dave, thank you for coming on. Oh, man, I'm sorry, dude. I swear to God, I'm never going to get over Seriously. that. Seriously. I don't know, man. <laughs> Dave, it's David. David from Progressive yes. RC, man. Thanks for coming by. You know another thing we forgot? What's that? To say thank you. You know, we talked, obviously, him supporting the show and everything. But let's not forget. Oh, yeah. Dude, he's sponsoring our fun club. That's right. <laughs> I mean, man, an official. Dave Id. Way to go, David. <laughs> David. Second, second annual RC Heli Nation Fun Fly and Progressive RC. Is our first sponsor. Thank you, sir. We are much appreciated. Absolutely, it's oh, uh, yeah. it's it's great to see his enthusiasm for what we're doing and supporting us like he does. It's uh, it's fantastic. So, Funfly, I think it's uh, what is it? June twenty seventh, eighth, and ninth. Did I get the dates right this time? <laughs> Dude, did I not get the dates oh, right? Really? Gosh, Every man. week. Oh, yes, man. yes, you did. June 27th through the 29th and the evening of the 26th, you can show up starting at 5 p.m. That's three weeks in a row that I've got it right. I just want and to, had to question You always it every miss time. the Thursday night bit. Well, though, that's because I don't even know if you I know? can get there Thursday night. So I can get there Thursday night. Yeah? Yeah. It's legal? Yeah. All right. Can, yeah, can, you, can you get there, though? Oh, yeah. I'll be there. 
Or are you going to show up late to your own fun fun? I think that I'm going to be there on Tuesday. Well, in the area on Tuesday. All right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, it's going to be a great fun. I mean, um, you know, we, we talk about last year and how much fun we had. And, and we know we had a good time. We know those that attended had a good time. I mean, it was just evident by the particip- the participation. <laughs> the participation. <laughs> and the laughter. I mean, everybody was just enjoying themselves. And um, we're going to take it up a, a notch with the chili this year. It's oh, not yeah. going to be the only thing, though. It, it, Don't worry. Dude, I can say for certain it's going to be, like, sick noticeably better. Yeah. Sick noticeably. Than the, previ- yeah, than yes. the previous year. We uh, Trendsetter. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Big plans. Lots of stuff. I mean, it's uh, lots of stuff in the works. We can't wait to 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 get out there. It's also worth mentioning, though, though, for those of us in the Northwest or those of you who would like to come to the Northwest, don't forget Othello. Uh, that's not too damn far away. Yeah, it's coming to be right up. No? Um, I believe that is, generally it's around the 18th. Is that, is that do you guys know? It's May 21st, okay. I think. Something in that range. Yeah. Or 18th, 20th. Somewhere in that, that time frame. We, uh, you know, there's one thing I noticed. I don't even think our event is on our calendar. Did you guys notice that? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, no. Dieter. Mm-hmm. Gonna have to renegotiate his contract as well. Looks like mark calendars. Uh, maybe we'll mark our calendar. I I don't know, but uh, definitely plan if you can to come out. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I think Justin has might possibly have another event announcement oh no (laughs) no no no. No, nick no No. absolutely i don't i do have an announcement though oh do you and you can yeah actually i'm gonna hand it over to jesse because dude are you you guys telling me that you forgot this announcement I oh no i didn't forget i was gonna do be we not it know up. what we're talking about here I, remember that we i, I think we were gonna give some like oh my god yeah, it's, it's been a couple of weeks oh my god it may have really? been like uh you know what like was that for the citizens i'm so off my game tonight oh I holy can't. crap yeah dude. i was gonna bring it Oh my! Remember God. the 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 Garbin five seven. Oh, yeah. we would have had so many pissed off people had we got to do that. But <laughs> yeah, yep. I have a that's note the right event here. I'm announcing. That is, I cannot believe I. I well, then let's yeah, let's get uh, on with uh, it. Let's let's. Je- now, do we have a drum roll here, or can we edit in a drum roll? Uh, or some like dramatic music. I will come up with something. So. Elevator music. <laughs> Elevator music. <laughs> All right, Jesse. Hold on. You the man. Read to us live the winner, winner, chicken dinner. There's going to have to be a dramatic pause here. I'm not there yet. <laughs> I just said hold dramatic on. Pause. <laughs> All right, guys. So here we go. Let me load up. So here we have the list of every single person that has signed up as a citizen of the nation first giveaway the first, first of many yeah, first of the, many oh yeah I we are gonna pee myself i know i'm excited who's this gonna is, win how we are pick just me, getting pick started me. garbin 570 all right i'm going down to the random number generator winner winner chicken dinner Here we go 
click the button. And it looks like the winner is... Wait, 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 wait. We would like to thank Rotary Wing RC for helping us out with this. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kyle. Definitely. Thank you. Now just tell me who it is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can... Okay. Let's see. So the winner of the Goblin 570 is citizen number... Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh my god, I'm gonna fail. Oh, I just man. dude, you're killing me here, man. <laughs> Think about this, dude. We're we're gonna give away a goblin five seventy. How cool is that? Yeah, this, this is, is we're, not we're trying to we're give try, away I'm a goblin five seventy. The, the winner is already I know who it is. Can I just tell so you know dude? who it is, but we don't. <laughs> yes. Alright, go ahead. Okay. All right. Quick recap, Garbin five seventy, courtesy of Rotary Wing RC. And the winner is the winner of the Goblin five seventy is citizen number. Wait, wait, wait! Now go ahead. Tell us who it is. Tell us who is it. Citizen number 184, Peter Lichtevoet. Oh, (laughs) yes. Yep. All right. Peter L-I-G-T-V-O-E-T. In case, you know, you couldn't even recognize your own name when I pronounced it. (laughs) Well, congratulations, Peter. Citizen number 184. Citizen number 184. One. The now proud owner of a when it is available <laughs> yet to be released Goblin five seventy kit, dude. Man, that's this incredible. Is sweet. This is awesome. Yeah, I cannot. It's like Christmas. Yeah, this is. I mean, I had fun just giving the you know picking the winner. Let's, Let's give away do this stuff. every week. Let's, yeah. yeah. What else we got? What else we got? <laughs> yeah. What else? We got? All right. Nick's fourteen SG fresh back <laughs> no. from Futaba. All right. Let's load it up again. <laughs> that is so cool man i uh man that's awesome so uh here's what's gonna happen we're gonna hopefully get an email from you we will send you an email uh one way or another send us an email we will still send you one but somehow we got to make the connection and uh, we will give you the details on what it takes to get that incredible helicopter congratulations man that's awesome first of many yep Oh yeah. Yes, and that's that's something that's that's very important to reiterate. I know that everyone is like, no, <laughs> never me. win those. That things. wasn't that sinking feeling. But we we are moving on. I mean, we've got a stockpile, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> we have we have Facebook winners to pick, uh, RCHM Facebook winners to pick. We have uh, citizen member forum signatures to pick. Mm-hmm. Random ones there. More. Just giveaways, just because we freaking can. Yep. Yeah, because you know when we place an order, we can't just buy one thing. No, we got to no. buy lots of stuff. Absolutely, so, <laughs> me one for you. Oh for yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, incredible. That's uh, that's fantastic. You got to work on that random name drawing though, Jesse, because I didn't win. I know, right? What, dude? Yeah, yeah. I expect a refund. Well, of what we unfortunately, about the I'm you, looking I mean, at the rules right here, and it looks like we can't win, guys. So, okay, but we how about okay? How now about this? This got brought up. This got brought up. Uh, my mom happens to she signed up. Okay, this is legit. This is one percent. Yeah, okay, truth. yeah, my mom. She signed, signed up. up. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious. Yeah, I, I see where this is going. Did Auden sign she up as well? She signed up. 
And she happened to get number 100. I mean, right on the money. You can go check it. But what I'm going to require is that for you to somehow butcher the last name to where it's not recognizable to my last name. So that no one knows. So that no one knows. And then I could... You could pronounce it lean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Give it... Yeah. Hang on to that E a little bit. Hang on to it. Just kind of lean on the keyboard a little bit when you (laughs) say it. And uh, yeah, then I'll swing by and pick that up. No, that's fantastic. Uh, So get in touch with us. Uh, And uh, like I said, we'll be sending out an email as well. Congratulations, and don't uh, don't worry, guys. There's there's plenty more to come. We got so Justin, I mentioned earlier in the show that we were going to have um, kind of a you know we we were talking about maybe doing this in the news, but um, we're going to save it for the end of the show. And we have with us now uh, Quinn Kurtz. He is. With RC Fly, what's your position there at RC Fly, Quinn? Hey, Dan, I'm actually general counsel. General counsel. Ooh, the that sounds there. official. <laughs> He's one of those lawyers. So holster the pistols, guys. We don't. We don't. He's, <laughs> he's here. He's here to give us some information. That's all. And or sue you. <laughs> so, as we all are, are aware, uh, there's been a. A ruling in the is it a federal court or was that no actually it was in front of a an administrative law judge so it's kind of the first level and which uh, could eventually end up in federal court the internet is ablaze with speculation what this means but essentially i'm gonna kind of paraphrase i'm gonna let quinn kind of tell us what it means and, and all that good stuff but basically they've decided uh that the faa cannot tell us that it's illegal to fly. I mean, that's the just. That's what we're hearing and seeing all over Facebook. Who's they? Well, just just people. I mean, it's just um, spreading like wildfire. They is everybody. Everybody who's interested in doing some type of aerial photography. Um, it's a generalization of just the, the masses. You yeah, know? it's actually it's pretty accurate right now, Dan. What what happened was the FAA issued, uh, as we all know, against Trappy or uh, Perker is his last name, a $10,000 fine and uh, basically said he he was acting in a reckless manner with an aircraft. So what this administrative law judge or in the industry, we call him an ALJ. What the ALJ said was the FAA does not have regulatory authority to find this type of behavior. Uh, and we, I don't want to get too technical, but basically what he was flying does not qualify as an aircraft. And that's what they were trying to do. They're trying to say that his UAS was an aircraft. Interesting. Now, this judge, is this judge in, I mean, it, it, the judge is not part of the FAA, correct, Quinn? Correct. They yeah, are actually, just the federal government or what, like, where does this judge sit in the grand scheme of things? Yeah, this gets a bit complicated, Justin. There's something called the Administrative Procedures Act. So what, what happened with this is when you're contesting uh, an FAA fine, you go in front of an administrative law judge with the NTSB, the National Transportation and Safety Board. Okay. So Yeah. So he's basically within the NTSB. And um, as it just came out on, on Friday, what's happened is the FAA has already appealed this ruling. So the next step is it goes to the full NTSB board. So it's a five-member board. They're going to hear it. After that ruling, whoever wants to appeal, then it goes to the federal courts. Okay, so basically this judge said, 
The FAA's in the wrong. The FAA said, BS, I'm going to take it to the next level. And now they have to sit in front of this five-person NTSB board to see what happens. Correct, exactly. And how how is the how's the five-person NTSB board influenced by the ruling of this one judge? I mean, do they do they consider any of the stuff from that previous case? Uh not really. Here's where it gets even stranger. So uh, Trappy, through his attorney, filed a motion for summary judgment, <clears throat> which basically means the uh, administrative law judge never heard the case in chief. He never heard all the facts. All he got was a motion from Trappy's attorney saying they don't have the legal authority to do this, even assuming everything they're alleging is true. So the administrative law judge never made any ruling on the facts. He said, as a matter of law, the FAA cannot fine him. So what's going to happen now is the board is going to look at just the law, not not really the underlying facts of what Trappy was doing on uh, UVA, and and make an examination of the law and determine whether or not the FAA has a regulatory authority. So th- I see this was intentional on Trappy's part. I mean, this this is what their their game plan was all along. I'm assuming, right? They wanted to challenge this, or or is that? I, to be honest, I'm not sure, but I don't get the impression that Trappy was expecting a fine because, as far as I know, this was the first and only fine of $10,000. So I think he found himself in a kind of an odd situation of being kind of the test case. And then uh, his attorney, who I think is Brendan Schulman out of New York, who's also a hobbyist, actually, uh, has been flying apparently for years, kind of stepped in and is doing this pro bono for free, I think, and helping Trappy out. Tell us what this means, where we're at right now, for, for those people who are interested in AP. What, what does this mean? Sure. It's, we're kind of in limbo, Dan. Um, so what we have established in this case is this one judge uh, doesn't believe the FAA has authority to do this, which we, we can talk about the really technical reasons of why if you want to. But that doesn't change the fact that the FAA has appealed, which basically stays that judge order. So right now, Trappy's still in limbo himself. And in the interim, the FAA can still try to find people. It, it may ultimately fail if the NTSB uh, board, the full board, or, or a federal uh, court of appeals judge says the FAA is wrong. But there's still a chance the FAA could go after people. My personal opinion, you know, not legal advice, my opinion is that people are fine to begin exploring AP. But, uh, you know, if I was, I was someone's personal attorney, I would say be very careful because you still could get fined. Now, exploring AP meaning commercially or exactly. just amateur? I mean, actually, commercially exploring it, Justin. Amateur okay. photography should should still be fine, no matter what the the NTSB rules. Right. We hear all this stuff about well, up until this point, that that commercial AP and and aerial video is illegal, and that if you charge for it, you're going to get yourself in trouble eventually. And I've heard of stories through the grapevine that the FAA has threatened people in the past. Is this the first case of them actually formally, legally approaching someone and trying to find them? As far as I know, it is. And they were really aggressive in the fine of $10,000. And to be honest, I think they actually did a a pretty bad job of of how they went about finding. They really did not find a good mechanism to bring in what Trappy did into their existing regulations, which is exactly what the Ministry of Law judge said, is that you, you guys stretched this definition of aircraft aircraft so far that either you're not lying per se, but you're 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 inaccurate in what 
what you're representing in front of the court because you've always historically defined air- aircraft as different than model aircraft. And even mm-hmm. assuming even assuming that your earlier advisory memos, uh, the advisory circular, I believe they're called, are uh, what, what you're trying to use to fine him, you violated the Administrative Procedures Act without allowing the public to comment on what you're trying to now use as a regulation. So they did a pretty bad job, and Trappy's attorney did a pretty good job of poking holes in it. You know, it makes me wonder whether, as a result of this, the FAA is going to get sort of, a, you know, you, you think about it, and it's like, well, they they were pretty confident. They probably went into this bullish and thinking that they were going to win, and they got a slap in the face and now, uh, you know, the chinks in their armor are going to be exposed and they're probably going to come back with a vengeance. And so this might be the fire under their ass that they need to go and finalize the, you know, the the regulations that they've been talking about putting in place. You know, I, I totally agree. But what's interesting about that is that even if they, you know, they have a, a fire under their ass and they're, they're going overtime on regulations, there still has to be a public comment period. So, you know, at best case scenario, if on Monday they publish regulations, you know, and this would be very unlikely, but best case is 30 days later, they're official. So no matter what they do, there's going to be a gap anywhere from 30 to 180 days after the first publication of proposed rules. So there's definitely a window here, but they can't, if, you know, if this judge's ruling stands, they have nothing, no recourse to prevent that window from opening. Does this allow organizations like RC Fly to be even more instrumental in in the possible regulations that come down because now everybody's kind of focused on it. I mean, um, they can't just quietly say, oh, by the way, there's going to be some uh, public comment over here. People are going to be interested and involved. Well, you know, on behalf of RC Fly's legal department, no matter what, we were going to be involved. But uh, yeah, you know, it's going to be a very public comment period with any proposed regulations. It's, you know, I, know, I think you guys have both been seeing their articles everywhere from, you know, the Wall Street Journal to my local paper has been talking about this ruling. So it's big news. And a lot of people are, are very curious. And there's actually, a, a, you know, we all know this, there's a lot of money tied up potentially in this industry. So it's going to be a, oh, an yeah. interesting year. Yeah. One thing that I, and because I just don't understand the whole legal system, but does, you know, Justin mentioned having them come back with a vengeance. Uh, I kind of want to address that again. Could this cause the FAA to say, oh, okay, you guys want to get, get pissy about this? Well, let's get pissy about this. And frankly, let's say they open up public comments or whatever to allow hmm. people to have a voice. I mean, the, let's face it, it's the government. They don't necessarily care what people say. They do what they want to do. Yes, to a degree. You know, if they do have a public comment period, uh, you know, people have a chance to, to voice their opinions. And you're right. The, the government can disregard that. The, there is a certain legal standard about how far they can disregard things. I mean, they, they can't make laws that are completely arbitrary and capricious. Uh, there's a certain different levels of constitutional review, which we don't want to get into. But it'd be hard for them to to just make something whole cloth that made no sense. Uh, but I, I do think that the FAA can't be that aggressive in the near term merely because there are certain requirements under the Administrative Procedures Act they can't ignore. So they may move as fast as they possibly can, which considering how understaffed and overworked the FAA is right now, it, that can't be very fast. But, you know, best case scenario for them, we're looking at within six months, they might have a regulation. And I believe that's very optimistic. So before they get there, though, like you were saying, Quinn, they've got to they have to offer up 
their recommended regulations for public comment. What Correct. when when that period becomes active, what can we do as hobbyists? You know, what what can we do other than what we do right now, which is try to educate people around us and be advocates for the right information uh, during that public uh, public review period? Uh, that's a great question, Justin. Uh, th- there's a couple things you can do. And uh, the first thing I would advise is, is use RC Fly or the AMA and, and work with them because what, what I think both organizations will probably do is submit comments to the, the FAA and we'll, we'll use our membership support to help buttress that comment. Uh, and the second thing you can do as a private citizen, you have every right to submit a comment, whether it be a letter, an email, uh, a lot of times phone calls work as well. And and both RC Fly and I'm sure the AMA will, will help you provide you know links and mechanisms to get in touch with the FAA. And a third thing, which is a bit more difficult, is get in touch with your uh, your local representatives. And you can also get in touch with your local papers and try to drum up more public support beyond what you think is obviously an important issue. Yeah, I, I you know, I'm uh, the first thing I think of is I wonder if in in areas or regions or communities where this is an especially hot topic, do they have, you know, during that public comment period, will there be opportunities to do what amounts to sort of a town hall meeting where you get all of the advocates together and approach the local lawmakers or the local government with a larger crowd as opposed to the sort of onesie twosies that you get when an individual just sends an email. Sure. You know, that really depends one on the locality and two, how formal the FAA decides to make this process. I I don't imagine they'll make it a formal rulemaking process. There's a couple different avenues when you do rulemaking. One is a very formal one where you have basically a hearing where people come in and testify under oath. What's much more common is called the informal rulemaking process where you have a a notice of proposed rule and you have that period we talked about and then the final rule comes out. I think they're going to go informal. So there won't really be a chance for a town hall meeting in in your locality. So the best thing to do, though, if you think there is that kind of community support, is band together and, and write a group letter uh, or uh, some places maybe get with universities and, and talk to educators there who also want to explore this technology and, and support a letter they're going to submit. I mean, anytime you, you write a letter on behalf of more more than one person, you're going to have more weight. But they do actually read every submission. So if just, you know, John Smith from, I don't know, middle of nowhere, God's country, Montana, submits a letter, it will be read. <laughs> Yeah, but what do they do with that once it's read? I mean, okay, great, they read it. I I read a lot of stuff. That doesn't mean I actually consider it. Yeah, no, that that that's that's an issue with it. it there's nothing binding. I mean, it, it's just it, it's the public showing how they feel about an issue. Yeah, it's just making hopefully making those that are going to make the decision aware of what those of us out here who are actually enjoying the technology are doing. I mean, it's important to remember, you know, these people they work in the executive branch, and so they work for politicians. So, I mean, politicians care about the the writing on the wall and how their constituents are feeling about an issue. Well, let's hope for the best. This seems to be good news, though. I mean, I I don't I don't I don't pretend to actually understand completely what it means, but I do think it's good news. But it's I I kind of feel like I mentioned at the beginning, there is there are misconceptions because people are just saying flat out it's it's now legal. It's just legal. It's just legal. From what I gather, they can still come after you if they decide there's a precedent now to not. Uh, it'd be wasting resources pretty much, wouldn't it, if they decided to come after another person after a judge has basically told them that... Uh... Well, I'm not sure it'd stick, 
but uh, they can still give it the old college try. <laughs> but if anyone has any questions, uh, just get in touch with me. I'm at uh, quinn.kurtz at rcfly.org. So I'm willing to answer any questions from your, your listeners. That would be fantastic. Quinn, thanks for stopping by. And um, again, guys, Quinn is with RC Fly. You can find that URL at www.rcfly.org. Thanks a lot, man, for, uh, for filling us in. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Just real quick recap. Hats, black, white, choose your poison, set us a number on the back if you want. Uh, just uh, go to our homepage, click on the store. You can also see shirts there, too. I do have a few left. Not many. Who, we're not quite sure when we're going to do the next order. Uh, probably in the not-too-distant future. Uh, Facebook. Thanks for your support on Facebook. It's, jeez, uh, what are we at? 3250? I mean, it's, get, it's getting up there. Uh, also to our forums and our webpage. Plenty of new names hanging out on the chat box. Uh, it's great. It's great to, to chat with you guys. And also too, there's a lot of people making friends there. And uh, there's always generally somebody there to chat with. Unless it's the wee hours of the morning. That's about it, guys. Uh, other than maybe you want to send us some email. If you wanted to do that, how would I get you an email, Nick, if I wanted to send one to you? Uh, you would send one to Nick at rchelionation.com. I will get back to you. I actually slept for a couple days, so I'm a little bit behind. <laughs> Jesse, how could I get in touch with you? You could send me an email at jesse at rchelionation.com. And please send him one so that it puts him behind. Yeah, I'll get back to you a lot quicker than Nick will. <laughs> <laughs> Cut into his... Right around flying time, too, please. <laughs> <laughs> what days do you go flying? Those are the days we need you to send emails to Jesse. <laughs> yeah. Justin, how about you, man? You can get me at justin at rchelionation.com. And I just got through a wave of about 40 or 50 emails this week. And I'm down to like less than 20 to go. So do me a favor. If, if you send me an email and I respond... Don't respond back with more questions like 30 <laughs> seconds later because it'll still be somewhat of a delay. No, but seriously, you guys can do that. I'm doing my best to catch up, but, you know, it's a challenge. I am Dan. You can reach me at dan at rsalination.com or Dan K. Reed on our forums or the front. I'm generally, I generally pop in there once a day, once or twice a day. Emails for me, I'm lucky. I do get quite a few emails, but... They're much more of a less technical nature and don't require as much thought. <laughs> so they're very easy to respond to. And I appreciate that. Send all the hard questions to these guys. <laughs> Alrighty, guys. Uh, this has been episode 127. Congratulations to Peter for winning the Goblin 570. Yet to be released. We sure hope you enjoyed listening to this episode and winning a goblin as much as we enjoyed making the show and giving a goblin away. Have a good week, guys. We'll see you next Monday. Adios. Have a good week, guys. Talk to you next week. Take it easy, guys. This podcast has been a production of RC Heli Nation, LLC, and is brought to you by Soco Heli Pools, Progressive RC, Blade Helicopters, Gems Ace Batteries, BK Servos, KDE Direct, and 
Rotary Wing RC. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to send us an email.